Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. There was a couple of thundery showers over the weekend as well, wasn't there? Oh boy, and there was claps of thunder that were quite loud. But today anyway, make the most of it. Uh, maybe a light shower at lunchtime, but good sunshine through clouds today. 20 degrees the high. Uh, today will be the day that Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael and the Greens agree and sign off. They send it, they agree the deal, send it to their parliamentary parties. That could happen this afternoon. The parliamentary parties agree or disagree, but it's expected they'll agree. And then we will have a government. We will have Michal Martin as Taoiseach and he would be Taoiseach in a 50-50 deal. He'll do the first two and a half years, wouldn't it be? And then um, Leo Varadkar would do the second two and a half years. Some people thought <coughs> that Leo Varadkar should be left in the gig to continue with COVID-19 and what have you. But that's not part of the plan. It will be Michal Martin Taoiseach first. Uh, and that's pretty good news for Cork. We'll have uh, Taoiseach and indeed a, a senior minister at the table in the shape of uh, Michael McGrath. So today we'll tell a lot. Done deal, as they say in the Red Tops today. An historic coalition. Uh, Not what people voted for, many would say. Not the change that an awful lot of people were looking for with regards to Sinn Féin's super uh, election. But that's democracy for you. When the numbers don't add up, you have to cobble deals together. And that's what we've got. Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael and the Greens. Uh, So deal done, as the papers say this morning. Um, Simon Coveney is saying it's a good deal for the country. Well, you would say that. Like You wouldn't be coming out saying, oh my God. God Almighty, this has got to be a disaster. Like you wouldn't really, would you? But there is fairly depressing news to start the week in the front of the Echo today, where the UCC professor and this guy knows his stuff. He's Professor Jerry Killeen. He says that a second wave is on the way. We went into lockdown uh, too slowly. Um, and if we'd gone in at the right time, we'd now probably be like New Zealand. Uh, but because we didn't, we're not. Uh, and we're opening up too fast and it will inevitably lead to a spike and we'll be back in lockdown again in the autumn. <laughs> I mean, oh my God, it's depressing, isn't it? And there we were thinking most people were doing everything right. Uh, but I may well come back to that throughout the course of the morning because there is the story uh, of uh, the uh, first community-based um, uh, confirmation of COVID-19 in Ireland. It was a case, it was a Cork case. It was a 43-year-old man. By community-based means he wasn't out of the country He wasn't in touch with anybody who'd come into the country. He got it somewhere and from someone here. Now, the first person, of course, came in from Italy, and that was the first case, which would be travel. And then the uh, cork farmer who sadly died, he spent 27 days on a, on a ventilator. Uh, and he passed away. It was it was amazing, actually, the work that was done by the UCC doctors and, and people involved in it, because this was really, really early days. We're talking about um, February, uh, and they tested him, even though there was no protocol to test. But they did all the same, and they noticed, mm, this isn't right, this isn't flu, or this isn't a, another, this is the, the type of virus that... Uh, is is coming across from from China, so that's an interesting story. That the first case was here in Cork, but many co- many counties in the West are doing very very well uh, with regards to days without any new cases. Like Sligo's had twenty eight days now, Kerry's had twenty five, and Mayo fourteen. So they're saying release the West first. At least that's the rural experts are saying. Papers also talk today about the R rate in Germany. It's a bit like what Professor Colleen is saying, that uh, they started relaxing stuff in Germany and opening things up, uh, and they've gone above one now at the R rate. The R rate is the amount of people that you can infect when you are infected yourself, and that's above one now. So they're fearing in Germany that lockdown was lifted too early. But the Business Post yesterday had sobering news, and we need to bear that in mind that Ireland really didn't perform all that well after all when it came to COVID-19 
Professor Colleen is saying we went into lockdown too slow and we're coming out too soon. And of course, many remember the roaring and the screaming and the warning with regards to nursing homes and residential care centres. I remember it uh, back in mid-March and right across the back end of March and into early April. Nothing was being done. And they're saying that that's one of the reasons why we have performed really badly when it comes to the rest of Europe. Like, we're considerably higher than other European countries and our death rate in particular they did an analysis of 18 countries per million and we're nine times higher in deaths um, when you compare us to Norway, four times higher than Denmark, three times higher than Germany. And when you go over further into Eastern Europe, it's pretty appalling. And the COVID payment fraud is a story that made the Independent at the weekend. And how do we know that there's been quite an amount of COVID payment fraud? Well, it's turning up at guard at checkpoints, apparently, particularly in border counties. Go figure that. People, you know, if you've been fraudulently claiming... I think that what they're doing in the UK now is uh, Her Majesty's Revenue has said, we'll give you 30 days to confess. If not, it's gloves off. So the same thing could well happen here with Irish Revenue. But they're saying that it's time to get booking hotels because most hotels are set to be open by the middle of July. Many can open from the 29th. It's not expected that all of them will June 29th. But by the middle of July, it's pretty much back to normal with regards to hotels. So you need to start wondering what kind of deals and offerings and bookings are available. If you want to go and stay on a weekend or a week or 10 days, staycationing. Spain's opening its borders and dropping quarantine from the 21st of June. I don't know whether that will include Irish travellers because of all of the Schengen stuff, but it's a story making the examiner today. And there are other stories that are non-COVID-19 related, of course. One has to do with the fact that there was a load of hotels and flights booked by members of the government to head off for St. Patrick's Day trips, which they never went to. But most of that has now been written off, according to the examiner. Does that mean that government departments are not going to try and chase down refunds? They've just said, ah, write it off and move on. Landlords above in the College Road, Magazine Road, Glashing Road area have been written to by the Gardee, the HSE and Cork City Council to some extent asking them to play ball and to cooperate and I suppose in other language telling them to cop on and get serious about looking after their properties with regards to the parties that are happening and if you really miss the pub and I have, an, I have a question for you on this later on but if you if you really miss the pub apparently online now you can buy an inflatable pub according to the star this morning people are missing their pint you don't have to build anything it don't need screwdrivers or anything like that. You just need either very deep lungs or else some sort of a foot bump or an electric bump. Or maybe you might be able to blow it up with a hairdryer. But you can apparently now buy an inflatable. And if you don't want to buy it, you can hire an inflatable pub for the garden. Uh, it's still a while before you can actually go and have a tipple at the bar. Unless you have fish and chips with it or something. And even at that, you can't sit at the bar counter. But then again, of course, we all know of sport restarting. And the sun this morning talks about the return of footy. Fans will be there, but they will be car cardboard cutouts and then I love the one where they tell you the things your mammy said and you didn't listen to and you perhaps should have a lot more they call them mummisms mummisms and the top 30 mummisms um, make the papers today including the mirror and throughout the course of the morning I'll give you some mummisms but let me start with the top three the top three things that your mam has on autopilot or auto replay the things that she wrecks your head the most popular and well-known mumism is apparently money doesn't grow on trees followed by wash your hands and followed by the one that i thought should be first because i said so 
That's why. The Neil Prenderville Show. With Tesco, we'd like to ask all our customers to respect our dedicated times for our over 65s and family carers. So, lots more of those. 1 850 The lines are open. You can text 086 8104 Retail is back as much as it wants to be back. Not everybody is open yet, particularly the smaller shops, because of the two meter distancing rule. But other than that, anybody that wants to open can open. And of course, today we saw shopping malls and shopping centres open at 9 o'clock this morning. Seamus is out and about. I believe he's visiting Blackpool and he's visiting Wilton and I'll talk to him throughout the course of the morning on that one. Now, the loos will be closed and I believe they turned off Wi-Fi and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, at least they're open and people have more choice now uh, as they drive on through summer. Talking about choice, for many, of course, it would be an overseas holiday you know, booking your flights or, you know, doing it online or talking to your travel agent and the excitement of it all. Of course, all that was cancelled, just like weddings overseas and stags and hens and things like that. So for many now, uh, the teacher, Cleo Varadkar, is saying, don't book foreign holidays yet. Okay, people are, though. I, I know that. And many of the flights apparently seem to be on many routes booked out already. But the big option now is to stay at home, right, and uh, to holiday at home. And there'd be no more beautiful place to go than East Cork, West Cork or areas like that. Uh, I was down in West Cork at the weekend on Saturday. I headed off really, really early and headed down west. And we were on lots of different beaches. I was in beautiful Ross Carberry. It's absolutely glorious. I was down in Castle Freak. The weather was superb. It was just a lovely place to be, going through the beautiful towns of Bandon and Clonakilty with the sun shining. Uh, at one stage on the beach having an old salad roll. The sun was so hot it was burning the back of my neck. It was fantastic. I'm not saying maybe this is a time for us to fall back in love with Ireland because many people never fell out of love with it, but it certainly might be an opportunity to do a bit of staycationing. But what's going to be available uh, with regards to prices, deals and sales and things like that? Or will we see any? Your thoughts on that are welcome on one eight fifty one zero four one zero six, And I have some text actually and some examples of it. But let's start off with uh, Neil Grant. He's down at the Celtic Ross Hotel. He's the manager down there. I think he's also involved in the uh, Hotel Federation of Ireland, if I remember correctly. Neil, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Good. Um, optimistic then? Looking forward to the summer? Where Where are we at? Uh, look, I think uh, we're, we're looking forward to getting back to some sort of normality. I think uh, when you've been coming into a, an empty hotel with no guests and no staff, it's a fairly bleak uh, few months we've been through. So I think anything... Uh, you know, any prospect of, of reopening and, and having business is uh, obviously positive. So I think people are looking forward. Um, but uh, but there's also just the, the trepidation of uh, how, how you'll operate and kind of what you'll have to do to keep people safe and that type of thing as well. So a, a mixed emotions, a bit of excitement, a bit of nervousness. Wouldn't, ho- wouldn't hotels be working on all of that now, much like restaurants have been, bars are preparing for it and, and, and shops and retail? Yeah, very much so. I think uh, uh, all hotels at this stage, we had um, uh, a branch meeting on Zoom. Uh, Zoom has been a saviour, really, but uh, with the, the court branch of the Hotel Federation on uh, late last week, and every hotelier has their COVID team set up. They've got their COVID response plans being finalised uh, to be you know, released to staff. Uh, they've got their uh, COVID inductions ready to induct all the staff before they start back. Uh, you know, we're talking about one-way systems in our buildings to allow the flow of guests to be safe and and so on. So they're, they we're really at the at the deep uh, kind of back end of of all that planning. So yeah, there's a lot of that going on for the last few weeks. And are, are the phones anyway busy with people inquiring or trying to book and things like that? Uh, they certainly. I think from our perspective, where we are, we're very lucky. I think you've just. Uh, 
sold West Cork very well, thank you very much. But um, obviously West Cork is a destination that people will gravitate to because of the coastline and such like. So our phones have been busy enough. Um, you know, the uh, the web bookings have been pretty strong both in May and June uh, for, for the future, uh, which is good. Um, but I suppose putting a context on it, we're, we're normally 95% full in uh, July and August, and this year we're, we're less than that. Uh, Would you be fast. significantly less or a little um, less? Uh, do you know what? It's hard to say at the moment. Uh, we're, we're significantly less at the moment, but it's early days. The bookings will still come in. But it's also coming down to the capacity you can take as well. Yeah. I think we, we polled our guests and said, look, you're a regular. Uh, you've come to us time and time again. Uh, you know, we would like to know from you what will make you feel safe. And the big thing they said was they didn't want to see an overcrowded hotel and they didn't want it to be too busy. So we're trying to navigate that path of doing things safely, but... I mean, we are we're a seasonal property, just like many in West Cork. So there's there's four, uh, and actually there's some hotels in, in West Cork. We maybe say there's even five loss making months. So I suppose you've always had your summer. You've you've done quite well, uh, and you've done quite well in the kind of you know the the June and, and September months and such like. And then you've got three or four months that are particularly yeah. kind of draining. Yeah, so it's yeah. trying to trying to figure out how you maximise you know, what you can do in the summer without jeopardising, you know, safety, health and safety. So that's the balancing act that we're on at the moment. Can can hotels open all rooms then, or are you limited in the amount of people you can actually have on the property because of the two-metre business and things? Yeah, look, it's a little bit kind of open to interpretation being straight. Uh, The Fault Ireland guidelines came out, and uh, there's lots of really, really helpful stuff, but I suppose you can't, in fairness to Fulcher Ireland and the Hotel Federation, you can't have a, a, a one-glove-fits-all type thing. You know, every property is different. Um, in the Celtic Ross, we've got a big function room, which we, uh, you know, I actually was having a chat with another hotelier and trying to bounce what to do. And, uh, you know, we have a big function room, which will probably turn into our non-residence restaurant. And then we'll probably try and keep our, our normal Kingfisher Bar and Bistro for residents only, uh, just to try and give us that little bit of segregation that we can actually staff it with two different teams. Yeah. So if one team did uh, get struck down with coronavirus, if, if someone in the team, God forbid, got it, then you would the other team wouldn't be affected because we're going to try and segregate how they how they operate in the, you know, in the building and such like. So... I mean, we're we're all having to think of these types of scenario, uh, but we're lucky with having a big ground floor, uh, so that probably allows us to maximise the rooms a bit more. Um, but at the same time, things like our third floor, uh, there's only one stairway that goes into the third floor, and there's a lift, uh, so we're going to maybe have to restrict how many people can be housed in the, on the third floor. It's even the amount of people that can be yeah. in a lift, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, like lifts, I mean our lift is such a size that, you know, one couple or one family is all it would take, you know, so we're looking at how we can maybe just have one way uh, walk systems and then we'll have, uh, the the lift will be controlled by the reception so that there's someone who can't walk. Buffets will be gone, won't they, and and all staff will wear masks and gloves, would that be right? Yeah, look, I think uh, buffets are definitely discouraged because obviously that's a congregation of people. Yeah. I think all hotels are being, you know, there's some great stuff last week uh, listening to hoteliers about they're, they're trying to make sure that there's staggered breakfast time so that guests come down in a flow. Um, and I think the buffet is something that's discouraged because it could uh, people could congregate around the same, you know, uh, breakfast buffet and be touching the same condiment, uh, same, uh, you know, forks and spoons. That's right. Yeah. yeah, picking up the same yeah. ladle to get the yeah, sausages exactly. or the beans, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. 
So that is uh, a thing of the past. I think across the board, hotels will be going to more of a served breakfast. Now, I think the funny thing is that's an enhancement in lots of ways. You know, I think uh, from our perspectives, it's probably it's definitely a cost increase in some respects. But it's at the same time for the guest, I think it's you know it's uh, in some respects an enhancement. Some people do like to fill their boots and kind of you know uh, pile the plate high, and that's fine too. But um, they go to the buffet and they get enough for lunch. Yeah. Oh, that's fine too. We don't mind that too much, but uh, at the same time, it's uh, you know the whole point will be if if you plate it up and then someone goes, "Can I have a bit more?" I'm sure places will say yes. Um, we've taken a call that for uh, for uh, breakfast if we're uh, you know we'll we'll um, do room service for for breakfast. Uh, without a tree charge. Now that's just us, and that was just because we thought it could work for us with the breakfast, um, you know. But it would have to be pre-booked, and yeah. that might allow us that people who are nervous to come down to the to the dining room, even although we'll have procedures in place to ensure it's not overcrowded. It might just give people a peace of mind that there's another but option. Do, do you think that people might get a terrible shock, though? People who primarily would have gone to Spain or Portugal or Greece or the Canaries. If they decide to stay at home um, and go for a week or, or ten days to West Cork or Kerry, that they they'll get a shock at the price. Like Michael DeBarra at the weekend on Twitter says, "I was booking staycations for later on in the summer." Now this isn't West Cork actually; it was County Kerry. He said, "I declined to book a County Kerry hotel that wanted thirteen hundred euro for two nights and one night's dinner." No, I know that is the extreme. It could well have been a five star. But do you think that people will actually that they'll that they'll stomach the prices in Ireland? Uh, look, I hope so. I mean, I I did a quick scan through. Uh, you know, we we've got our own rate code set up. Where I suppose what we've done is we've said that the one night stay. There's a lot goes into a one night stay. So probably our one night rate is is a bit higher than if you're staying for longer and we're doing discounting as you go you stay longer so like for two nights we discount the, the room rate by 7% for three nights by 10% and, and more uh, nights by 15% I just to encourage longer stay because I think what's uh, the, the one tricky thing is like just to put a perspective on the costs um, and just before you know I, I go into this I want to make it clear I found tons of great value so I mean that is a very extreme case I think it could be a very high Hotel. It could be a five star. Uh, I, I, I accept that. It at couldn't. the end of the day, uh, you, you, everyone has a choice. They have a choice whether they want to stay in a B and B, a three star hotel, uh, you know, an Airbnb, whatever. You know, and if you search well enough, you'll find value. And I think Cork there's phenomenal value uh, around many hotels. But I suppose the you know in terms of uh, you know the, the general costs, I think we have figured out our cost of cleaning a room will increase by, by over 450 a room. And that's the cost of the, the labour and the, uh, the extra cleaning products and, and such like in the sanitation. We've purchased two foggers. Uh, they take chemical and per room it's, you know, like 20 or 30 cent or something like that. Yeah, but for, for your room, that's oh, negligible yeah. though at the same time, isn't it? It's actually not. It actually, uh, if you look at it in the year-round context, it could easily be... Uh, could easily be a hundred thousand euros uh, off your off your bottom line. So that's just one element, Neil. I think when you you look at everything in, in context, I can see that we're probably going to be between twelve and fifteen thousand euros a month uh, higher in cost. So the cost base is going up. Now to get on to you know value in terms of uh, looking around uh, Cork, I did a quick scan last night. 
and had a look. I found some fantastic four-star city centre property that had a rate of about €120 a night. And it's a top-class property that had spent a lot of money on its products over the years. Yeah, no, I have that. I have, I have, I have room rates for a Saturday night for an adult and two children in the city. Uh, Roadstone Park, 139. Imperial, 155. The Maldron, 125. Uh, the Montanati, 185. Uh, but we're talking about further west, yeah. you know? Yeah, well, I think west, um, you know, there's, there's uh, places that are... Uh, you know, two hundred euro for only three nights. Uh, for three nights, sorry, and they're only two hundred euro. Um, you know, from our perspective, uh, you know, we we've uh, a lovely package with a dinner for under under three hundred euro. I think hotels. I think Ireland has become quite expensive. That's the you know the slightly sad uh, situation. But it's not expensive because people are you know walking away with a lot of money in their back pocket. It's just that Ireland as a country is considered quite expensive in, in Europe and, and world terms. I had one overseas tour operator that said that, you know, Ireland could be expensive and considered, you know, from the overseas market yeah. is, is more expensive than Norway. So I think that there's things that the government need to do to try and lower the cost base. But I do think that irrespective, I think that you when you stay in a hotel it's a certain price point, there's uh, three, four and five star hotels. And if you're willing to you know, uh, eke out a, you know, a, a nice rate in a very good three-star hotel which gives a high level of service, you'll find the value that you need. If but you like the finer things and you want to go to a five-star, then you pay for the, it. The, the fear with... That, that, uh, yeah, that, well, five-star prices, of course, are, are, I understand that. But the, the fear is that people are worried that they might be scalped over the summer because they have no option. Now, they do have options with regarding renting a, a you know, a holiday home or, you know, yeah. things are, are getting like Airbnb. Home, yeah. I saw a hotel in Dublin that was uh, doing a room sale for sixty euro a night, you know, uh, on the outskirts of Dublin. So I think um, what you've got to remember is I, I, there's no chance that anyone will be scalped. It's not it's not in our nature as uh, hospitality people to to, to do that. Mm, that's I, not I the case necessarily. When there are big gigs on in Cork, all the hotel prices go up. I look. I'm, I think that's not that we're talking about at this moment in time, and I don't even think, uh, you know, when when that happened, I've still seen plenty of good value at times as well. I think we're in a desperate situation in the industry where we've had six thousand people employed in in the industry up until recently, and at the height of COVID nineteen, there was only four hundred. I think we've uh, there's uh, you know the hotels are doing their best to try and figure out how. Uh, they uh, navigate through this. Um, I'm delighted that we're able to bring back an extra member of staff off the uh, off the COVID payment today to answer the phones because the phones are Good. quite busy, yeah. uh, which is great. And certainly, we've had from everyone we speak to, they're absolutely delighted to be coming back to us. They're absolutely delighted with the value they're being offered, and they know that we're going to pull out all the stops to look after them. Ireland has a world class hotel products, world class. You can go anywhere in Europe and stay in hotels, which in all honesty, at a three-star level in Europe, uh, wouldn't even compare to a one-star hotel in Ireland. The, the level of hospitality, the friendliness and all of that type of thing, I think is what makes us. I don't think there's any point in looking at it. I don't think that, uh, you know, we, we want to preserve jobs. That's what we're 
really all about at this moment in time is about trying to uh, you know do the best we can in the summer where nobody uh, you know around the, the Zoom table uh, you know when we had our IHF call last week they were all talking about trying to make sure that the rates were 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 kind of you know such that the guests come and have a great experience. And have you done have you any have you any number off the top of your head, say for a West Cork hotel, three, maybe four star for um two adults and two children for a week, say in the back end of July? What what would that be in and about? Uh look I think uh you know in terms of the uh packaging that uh, uh we're doing we're we're doing for I think is it three nights for we're uh we're, we're somewhere, we're certainly about uh, C90 or something and we're doing C nights with uh, dinner and such like in one night and we're, we're giving discounts to local uh, local attractions and so on. Um, but would I, that I mean a week then we'll be closer to a grand? Uh, I think uh, we've got a five night package for €740 Euro, um, and I think that that's when you translate it out uh, you know, it's not bad, you know, in terms of the nightly rate. And I think that we... OK. Uh, and would that be dinner or this breakfast? Or? dinner in one night. You'd have breakfast included all the time. And I, I think that we, you know, from our perspective, it's, uh, you know, a hotel is a hotel. It's a different level of, you know, uh, of service. So I think people, you know, we've their self-catering is doing very well around here, you know, and I think for... Uh, the family market, I think, quite a lot like self catering as well. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just. I think it's, I it's always yeah, it's a horse for a course in terms of what you like. So, I mean, it's hard to t- like. I, from my perspective, it's hard to say. Uh, when I uh, when we go away as a family with two kids, you know, we, uh, I think, uh, you know, the types of rate that I, I'm talking about there, I think, are, are reasonably. You know, we wouldn't totally expect it to be. Uh, you know, off the off the scales and I think that we kind of um, you see the problem is people would compare 740 for five Mm -hmm. nights with the kind of value that they might get in Portugal um, or or Spain and and you're saying that you can't compare like with like Uh, look I mean it's 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 a choice I think if you're going to go overseas um, you know, that's one thing, but there's a lot of hassle involved in going overseas, especially mobilising two kids. I can't think of anything worse, you know, mobilising the two kids that are, you know, the age they are with us. It's really quite stressful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. we prefer to stay in Ireland. And, you know, um, I think that if you can get in the car and drive, you know, in Cork, we're so lucky. If you're in the city, you can go east or you can go west or north or whatever. And within an hour, you can find some havens of you know, where you can go out and enjoy the beaches and there's a lot of free activities that you can do in terms of your walks and the beaches which don't cost you. Um, so, I mean, I think in, you know, in, in context, I've always given out about the VAT rate. That's all I always moan about. But, the you know, the VAT rate in Ireland is, is double some of those countries, you know. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, there, there's certain uh, mechanisms that would help us to uh, be, be cheaper. But, Cheap isn't always value mm. either. Mm. You know, I've, I've, I think uh, Paula Canila in the Irish Independent wrote a, a lovely piece talking about cheapness or value for money. And I think we, we all throw everything at what we can. You know, if you're inviting a family down, uh, we've got uh, some fantastic ladies that work for us in the breakfast room and they, you know, they, they, they kill people with kindness when mm. they see the kids because they're all mums themselves and they mm. all dote over the kids and they all you know, make a fuss. And I think that, um, you know, you're, you're getting, I think a hotel experience is 
very much about that, you know, it's about the interaction, it's about, you know, uh, Max McInerney who works for us telling them all the great things to do around the area, the walks, the play parks, the, you know, the whatever, um, and I think when you, you know, you go overseas, I mean, I've not been in an overseas holiday for a long time, really, other than mm. the in Scotland, and the reason I've not is because I quite enjoy holidaying in Ireland, you know. Uh, Ireland is very kid-friendly, you know, kids are welcomed into uh, pubs, welcomed into restaurants, welcomed into, uh, you know, places where if you go overseas, they're not always, you know, now you can... Oh, <laughs> that, that, would, that would be, the, you, kids would be welcomed in Portugal, Spain and Italy yeah. and France. I mean, that comment you alone know, you've made will get me, will get me calls from people. I, I, I'll make an example. I'm from Scotland. The mum and dad loved bringing us on holiday to Ireland. Why did they? Because we could sit in a bar until late in the evening. And in Scotland, we couldn't because it was frowned upon, yeah. you know, in the sense that it was a curfew or something. So, uh, look, uh, Scotland's not, not, not Spain or Portugal or whatever. But, uh, look, all, all I'm going to, all I'm saying is uh, we should never downplay what a great country Ireland is for looking after people. We should never downplay, you know, the, the, the point that, you know, it's a very family orientated country. It's a family orientated uh, country in so many ways in terms of the way the people interact with kids and to be honest Neil you're talking to the wrong person if you're, you're wanting me to compare Portugal or Spain with, with uh, Ireland because I've not been to Portugal as All right, okay, a well, family I'll... man in a long time so I don't know so like there's no, no um, but uh, all I'm saying is it's just where uh, do you know I, I don't believe I think there's great value out there uh, and you you're know, ready to welcome your customers back from June 29th? Uh, we're actually giving ourselves a bit more time. We got caught in the halt because we're expecting July 20th and uh, I had to come down to the function room to take the call because someone's kangoing the, the floor because <laughs> we've had a leak in the lobby. So um, we we kind of thought to, to get all the, the bits of maintenance that need done and to get our COVID plans ready. Uh, the fact that we'd not been selling online, uh, we just said, look, let's take an extra week or so. So we'll open our... Um, at the restaurant in some form on the 1st of July okay. and then we'll open the bedrooms on the, uh, the 9th of July. Good so luck with that. Our, Good luck with that. That's our plan. Okay, all, right. all the best with it. Thanks for taking the call, Neil. Much obliged. No, million, Neil. Take Neil care. Grant at the Celtic Ross Hotel, branch chairman of the Irish Hotels Federation. i got texts on this and also some price comparisons that people have been sending me. All that and lots more besides. Text 0868 104106. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086 Red FM. And to the phone lines, my apologies to Annette. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? And you've done some research saying you were laughing about me suggesting people should holiday in Ireland. Why? Well, it's just you said it about, I don't know, it must have been about two weeks ago. And I just thought, does he have any idea of the prices in Ireland? You know, and I know, like the gentleman, Neil, that you had on a few months ago said you can't compare like with like. I suppose you can't, but look, you know, when you do look at the prices for, we'd say, a couple of nights around Ireland versus a week in Spain. Now, Spain is the only place I've priced. I haven't looked elsewhere. There, there, just, there just is no comparison. There's none. I mean, you have your flights, you have your accommodation um, in Spain. Sometimes it's half bored. It depends. Um, and, and there really is just no comparison in the prices. It's way cheaper to go abroad. Yeah, well, there's a lot of different reasons for that, of course, you know, with regards to excise duties, tax, uh, VAT rates, all sorts of things like that. Volume, the amount of people, the weather is better. They get millions and millions more than we would in tourism 
yeah. you know, rooms course, every year. You know, when you're looking at it from, we say, my point of view... We don't care you know, about all you, of that, yeah. yeah. Well, you see, this is it. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm a, I'm a consumer. So, I mean, I'm going to go with what I think is the best value for money. So, and I think that's, in, in fairness, that's what most people will do. Most people only have a certain amount of income. They choose to spend it on, you know, their holidays. And obviously, if you can go abroad and get a week in somewhere where you're guaranteed good weather, you have the entertainment that you know, always provided in the hotel, you have a pool there to hop into whenever you want to, you have a beach perhaps down the road, or maybe you're even on the beach. In comparison to going for a couple of nights in Ireland, I mean, it is beautiful, there's no two ways about it. But you're not guaranteed the weather. You don't, perhaps, you can't really go to the beach unless the weather is excellent, you know, so it's very hard for people um, to to always support Irish. Yeah, but like, uh, but tens of millions of tourists who come into Ireland every year have no problem with doing it. Well, that's it. But I mean, they're choosing to come in here. They know that they're taking the chance on the weather, and you know they know that it's it's an expensive country. The majority of these people coming into Ireland will do that. Will be their once in a lifetime trip. You know, so have you? Have you like on a basis. so? Two adults and two small kids for a week in Spain yeah. or Portugal with flights and a hotel and dinner, or just maybe you know half bored, as they say. What, mm-hmm. what would the, what would that? What, what, what's that? Is like is that a grand a week? It's a, it's about a grand, give okay. or take. Yeah. Okay. So okay. I've I've uh, quite a few places. So we say, for instance, on the thirtieth of August to go all inclusive, right? Which is breakfast, dinner, supper, the whole lot. This, of course, is at, is at you know your your hotel as or a part of hotel as it's called the bed, and this is including the entertainment and you know the pool and the whole lot and probably a kids club as well. And you're talking about eleven hundred for two adults, two children for a week. Flights included. Flights included. Yes. Where? What country? That's going to Spain. Okay, so a week with yeah. all of the trimmings, eleven hundred euro. Eleven hundred. Okay, peak so, season. Um, well, that's the 30th of August. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah. On an, in a normal year, cause let's face it, this is far from normal. In a normal year, you would not get that at that price. This seems to be a one-off this year because, of course, they're trying to encourage people to travel. As in, these countries want people to come in, you know. So these prices are a lot less than what they normally would. And a West Cork hotel then, say for two right. adults, two children... They seem to base it on five nights. John sent me three different examples yeah. from Booking.com. These are three West yeah. Cork hotels. One of them, two adults, two children, five nights. €1,425 breakfast yeah. only. £1,425. The yeah. second one then, these are Clonakilty hotels. Um, okay. Single room and a triple room. Two adults and two children, five nights. €1,583 for the five nights. Breakfast yeah. only. Breakfast only. And that's the thing you see. Is that a scare? That's a scary amount of money by comparison then. That's a huge amount of money. And I mean, and as I said, um, you're not guaranteed the weather. And, you you know, you can't, you you can't guarantee you can get to the beach. So like you're, you're then going to have to try and find alternative ways to keep the kids entertained. So you're going to have to go to the local um, indoor water park or um, some sort of a play zone or something like that, you know. So you're adding on your costs. Um, constantly when you're when you're when you're travelling in Ireland, I mean, obviously you can do the same thing abroad. But at least abroad, there is entertainment provided in the hotels. 
there's a kids club where the kids are mining know, for yeah, like know, twice the way, twice a day or whatever, I know, you know. I know. I know. So, you know the, the only thing about this year is that if you go to some of those countries. The way the, red, the the legislation is now, you've got to go into two weeks quarantine when you come home. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So imagine Where the caravan, the caravan parks would be very busy. Um, you know, uh, holiday would, rentals yeah. would be very busy yeah. because you get you probably get a holiday home for a grand a week max, wouldn't you? Well, it, it depends again on where on where you're off to. I mean, I had. Oh, you wouldn't get at, much more than that, like would you? You fairness. wouldn't. No, I had a look around the country. I went to Salter and Galway, would say, for instance. There's um, City Point Apartments, uh, five nights, two adults, two children, 1,320, right? Mm, that's, that's just the apartment. That's an awful lot of um, money for an apartment, yeah. isn't it? A bed and breakfast, also in Salt Hill, with breakfast, uh, five nights, two adults, two children, 1,100. Yeah, yeah. Seems a you lot know? for bed and breakfast, doesn't it? It does, it does. This is it. And I mean, and then I went to and Westport, and yeah. you're, you're looking at... Um, you're going to buy dinner then at night and everything. Westport, go on. Yeah. Yeah, Westport, then I went to two different places there, Woodside Lodge. You're looking at €700 Euro for um, four nights. They just had an offer on for four nights. Two adults, two children, breakfast included. Everything else you pay for. Um, I went to Dublin, the Temple Bar Hotel. Um, five, Four nights, sorry. Uh, two adults, two children, €834. Euro. Dingle, two adults, two children for four nights, €670. Euro. In a hotel? In um, a B&B. Oh, B&B. Over 600 yeah. euro, four nights B&B. 150 yeah. euro a night for the family. For the family, okay. yeah. W- absolutely. Two rooms, yeah. is it? Uh, no, one room. Okay, that one seems room. a lot for a room, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. It is, and I mean, and as I said, that's, the, that's, you know, and I guess that's where people's comparisons comes into play. Okay, you okay, know? okay. In, in, in would say, if you go to Spain, a Portugal, whatever, you probably would get, you know, um, what they call a studio where you might have a, a separate, very small room now with nothing in it, um, you know, just your basic bed. But you'd get that, plus you'd have your, your main um, bed, or two beds, single beds generally, um, and that's in your apartment. And it, it probably would work out cheaper in the long run to go out there, you know. So, I mean, obviously we, would, we all want to support Ireland and get it back on its feet and, and get it going again. But at the end of the day, people only have so much money to spend on a holiday, and this is where the problem is. Okay, let me talk to uh, let me talk to Yvonne. You, 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 you did a very you did very good research, and thank you for that. Thanks. Cheers, no Yvonne. Good morning. Morning, Ian. Sorry for you? holding you there. It's just I wanted oh, no, to get the number. Fine. I wanted to get the figures out of Annette. You did a lot of work on it, so go ahead. You did some pricing. Um, I did some pricing at the weekend. We were just thinking about going to Gorey for three nights um, because it was family actually going, and we said we'd go with them. Okay. But we actually priced two hotels. Now, the hotel, obviously, I don't know if I'm allowed to mention the hotel name. Or well, it's fine not. if you have the price of it in front. You have no problem yeah, with that. Yeah, I do. Um, it was Amber Springs and Gorey. It was for three nights, um, €729 Euro for bed and breakfast. Now, that was for standard family room. Now, there's obviously a, a bigger family room than if you wanted, I suppose, more room for, well, I have two, two children going, which would be 13 and 7. Um, the bigger room then was coming in at 889. Now, that was bed and breakfast. I just thought that was for three nights. Now, that was no dinners or anything like three, that. That's so, nearly 300 a night then. Yeah. Three nights. And that was only with breakfast. So, I suppose when you're thinking that on top of that, then you're going for dinners for the three nights. You're, you're talking at least, I suppose, how much would you be thinking a night? Maybe 80 euros, maybe, yeah, in a meal or more. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's 
just really expensive. Now, there was another hotel then as well I checked out, and it was Ashdown Park. It's a four-star hotel, bed and breakfast. That was coming in now at 498. Now, the only thing is... Would you not go down to Ross and get five nights in a family room for about 750 euro? Yeah, I might actually think about that. I mean, you're, you, seem to, you seem as if you want a holiday in Ireland, but the prices are preventing you, isn't it? It is, and and I would love, as obviously, to support you know our country and everything like that, Ireland. And obviously, we won't be able to go away this year, and we're hoping next year to go away. But I will. I look into it. It's just that the weekend we heard family were going. We we said we'd all kind of meet up and go together. But there was another place. Then we were looking at was Holiday Homes. Yes, in good idea. And I we just did a bit of research, and basically they said to us they had they had the Holiday Homes available. But they couldn't give it to us for three nights. We'd have to do six nights. Mm, mm. So which I thought, you know, I thought they might. She, the lady actually spoke to in question said she would come. Uh, she did come back to me now in fairness. Yeah, she but said, no, we can only do three yeah, nights. Wouldn't you think that holiday homes would need to be rented by the week? I suppose, yeah, I you suppose you're, you're right in that, in that sense. But I thought if they were available and no one was actually, if they were just going to be lying there idle for the week. Wouldn't you think they'd they'd take the three nights? Maybe, yeah. Beggars can't be choosers, like yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. know, Yeah, and the times are in at the moment. No, I will. I look out the the um, Ross Carby. I actually stayed there before. It's actually fabulous. Well, there's loads of options down west. Unfortunately, I gave you three prices there for different Clonakilty hotels: fourteen hundred and twenty-five for five nights. Another one: fifteen hundred and eighty-three for five nights. Would you pay that kind of money? No. You see, that's the problem, you see. People won't. All yeah. right. Thanks for that, Yvonne. Not. Cheers. No bother. Thank you. Okay. Uh, I spotted a, a tweet at the weekend which said, I was booking staycations for later in the summer and I declined the Kerry Hotel that wanted €1,300 Euro for two nights with one night's dinner. Elaine said, I have zero sympathy for most of the hospitality sector since COVID. They've been fleecing the punters for years and playing the poor mouth with the government over the VAT rate. Marion says, prices are mad. I'm going to the Europe in August. It's €325 per room, including breakfast, although they are doing a minimum two-night stay. Um, Well, that is probably a five-star price for a five-star hotel. Dermot said, who would book at Irish prices when the hotel has been closed for months and the ports along with it? You think they'd be desperate for the business. Uh, Gillian says, disgraceful, I have no pity for the crisis in hospitality. There's no justification for exploiting people who are also suffering financially. And Deirdre says, it's mental, the prices in Ireland. I can get flights to Lanzarote for the first two weeks of August. Three adults and one child. 980 euro. Is that flights only? Are you saying flights and accommodation? I think you're just saying flights for a grand. Moraid says hotels in Ireland are money grabbers. We were due to be in New York later this month and we gotten a great deal on a five star hotel in the meatpacking district for five days for little more than a price that you paid um, to try and book Kerry at 1300 euro. When you can get a week abroad for the cost of two nights here, who'd stay in Ireland? Kevin says, good old Kerry. Beautiful part of the country, but by God, they know how to charge. Con booked six nights and three in a, th- in a three bed house in Trim for late July for five of us on booking.com. Uh, there were no meals available as it was not an option, but I'll be calling them to do some deal for me. There are many great restaurants in Trim. There's some really great deals there, but there's always the odd one or two who will ramp up the prices. So he says that he, you don't say how much. I think you're talking about something in and around a grand or 1,200 euro. Six nights in a three-bed house in Trim. I assume there's plenty to do in Trim for the week, is there? I hope so. Meanwhile, Kevin, good morning. Thanks for holding. Hang on a second. Let me see if I can get uh, 
Line uh, line four, sorry, I'm just moving lines there. I mean, I'll get them here on four. Kevin, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are okay, you? Okay, the hotel industry. Go on. Uh, basically, I just texted in there saying that how funny it is that the industry are asking the public to support them. No, but they forget that whenever there was a big event or concert or something like that, that the hotel rooms go through the roof and they don't care about the public at that stage, you know? Mm-hmm. They're hardly trying it on now, though. I mean, it's uh, it's it's too it's too fragile, uh, you know, a uh, uh, time of the year with everything we've been through through now for the hotels to be genuinely trying to rip people off, you know. Like, well, well, you're you're inundated with calls saying the opposite. You know, there there are people saying that there are deals abroad, um, and it makes more sense for people to try and travel abroad because the prices in Ireland are, are so ridiculous. There doesn't seem to be any incentive. To stay in Ireland, you see, comparing Ireland with Spain or Italy, Portugal, Greece, Cyprus, the Canaries, you can't compare like with like, you know. Well, when when people are planning a family holiday, they don't. They, it's the bottom line that comes down to me, like what they can get for their their euro. If if the government and they're suggesting that they're going to give everybody a five hundred euro voucher to spend at home, that would make a big difference, wouldn't it? Yeah, I heard that story, and yeah, it is a, is a good step, but still, I, I still believe that there are um, there are ways that the, the industry can reduce the prices. I, I still think that they're running at a huge profit margin. You think that they're this is opportunistic of them? They're going to try. You believe that they're trying to get the best prices, they, that, an unrealistic price on people in the summer, is well, it? Well, I believe like it's hard to compare because I didn't price last year, but I would. I would be very surprised if the prices this year are anything less than they were last year. And, and you I think, think they should after, be? Well, after what we've gone through, and that they're saying they're trying to get the country back on its feet, I think everybody is going to offer some kind of a discount. Yeah, if they can, you see. That's the thing. Yeah, well, yeah, look, I, I know, I know you're... you're on the fence and you're trying to get both sides of the story but you've got people No, I, I, just, I would just think that the industry would be insane to be purposely trying to um, bleed people this summer now you know at a time well, I'm when not, I'm not saying Neil that the price is up but I'm just saying that there doesn't seem to be any any uh, deals out there to uh, give people the incentive to stay gotcha. in Ireland yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, that is not good enough if the prices are the same as last year yeah it's not good enough Exactly. Gotcha. Well said. Thanks for that. Much obliged, Kevin. Text 0868104106. Carol says, no way would I ever holiday in Ireland. The prices are robbery. Not a chance. Never. Emer says, I'm not going anywhere. It's too expensive in Ireland. I'll stay in the back garden. And Glenn says, it's always funny how we love to compare holiday prices with countries that have an average wage far less than ours. It's a pointless exercise. Also keep in mind that places in Ireland have been shut down for months but they have constant and consistent costs, regardless of whether they're open or not. We'll pick it up after 10. Text 0868104106. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. All right, you can text 0868104106. We'll come back to calls and lots of texts, which will put all those together on uh, shopping, sorry, on holiday in Ireland. But what about shopping in Ireland? And of course, Penny's opened on Friday and we'd all those long queues. I was in town again on uh, Saturday afternoon um, no sorry Sunday afternoon yesterday afternoon and again the queue the queue was right down the lane down Oliver Plunkett Street and right around up uh, the other street which would be Cook Street I think if I'm open to correction 
lot of people. Um, I just had a message about pennies on Friday. I had to bring my mother-in-law into town as she needed to shop for her own mother who's at home. We laughed at the idea of queuing for pennies. But while she was going into Guinea's, I was curious to see how fast the pennies queue was moving. I decided to join the end of it at the back door while I was waiting for her. There were two security walking up and down, making sure there was one person to each line. So social distancing was adhered to at this time of the day. That was three o'clock Friday afternoon. The queue moved fast. So fast that I had to let people go ahead of me while I was waiting for my mother-in-law. I wasn't even 10 minutes. It wasn't even 10 minutes. Inside, it was very well laid out with one-way system and floor stickers. There was a lovely lady at the end of the escalator letting people know when they could go uh, up and down the escalator. It was really great to see someone so chirpy in a shop uh, for a change amidst all of the doom and gloom. There were no crowds apart from one or two small groups of friends shopping together. It was actually better than a normal days in pennies prior to COVID-19. The ladies' underwear and nightwear section was busy. <laughs> I know, pyjamas. So you had to queue for a second to go in there. But queuing up to pay was also very well run. I really couldn't fault it at all. I felt I had to message because it really goes to show how the media blows things way out of proportion and you never know the true story. I do believe social distancing probably went out the window earlier in the day, but it was clear by lunchtime that they really had managed the situation well. Can I say also that even though town was busy and people have been giving out and will continue to do so, there was a real buzz about the place. People were in great form, as I was when I got home, as I felt like it had been something like the old days. Um, Actually, Elaine uses the N-word, as in normal. Thanks, Elaine, for that email. Of course, um, you know, I can only deal with what people tell me. I wasn't. I was there yesterday afternoon and there were big queues. And every now and then you do. I did see gaps where people were distancing. But then there was bunches of others together who weren't distancing at all. And it just made a made a hames of the whole thing. Um, with regards to pennies and Brown Thomas reopening, would you believe just as the city starts to open, there's buzz around again past pennies. And there they were, the traffic wardens outside giving tickets to cars. For God's sake, you would think they would give people a few days break. Depends where they were parking. They could have been parked up in loading bays. They could have been wrecking the heads of taxi drivers who are trying to make a living. They could have been parked up in taxi bays. Listening to the Vox Pop from Pennies and Brown Thomas, it's great to see the Marbles in the Mouth Brigade are back, says Terry. The Marbles in the Mouth Brigade were probably the ones going into BT, were they? What's wrong with the people of Cork? Brown Thomas versus Pennies. Unreal. What the hell is going on? Yeah, there was a bit of divide as to those who shop in Brown Thomas and those who shop in Pennies on Friday's show. I thought it was very funny to to still hear that people are buying stuff in Pennies and when they do, they put it into their Brown Thomas bag to have a stroll around town. Just looked at a video clip of Cork people queuing outside Pennies. I have to say it's almost exemplary. Remember, they're absolutely brilliant and remember the majority are young ones. You and your begrudging bus driver who looked down their noses at the people of Cork supporting pennies need to apologise. I did nothing of the sort. I did nothing of the sort. Neil, you're giving out about pennies being open, but Thursday's show was nothing but praise for Brown Thomas. Easy knowing where you shop, Neil. Well, that just isn't true. Um, why can't Pennies have an online shop? It would be great. Don't know. There'd be less of a queue for Brown Thomas because most of the working people, working stiffs, can't afford the clobber in there anyway. Stands to reason why the queues in Brown Thomas were nothing like the queues in Pennies. Thank you for all of those. Will there be que- I'll come back to many more of them. Will there be queues when the bingo reopens? Anne, good morning. Good morning. Will there be queues to get into bingo, do you think? Probably. When will I'd it be? Say... Pardon? When will it be? I don't know when bingo is. And I just said I'd ring your show to find out when it was on because I haven't heard anything. 
Are you having withdrawals, is it? I am having withdrawals from Fingal. I go on a Tuesday night to Neptune and I go on a Friday night to Bally Pahan with my daughter and we're just missing bingo. <laughs> I would say uh, August the 10th, unless they move it up. Oh, would you Hopefully think they'll move it up? Yeah, I'd prefer that now than the hairdressers, believe it or not. <laughs> you could do without the hair, but not without the bingo. Yeah, my husband cut my hair. <laughs> like, how would it how would it work anyway? There'd be even if bingo did reopen, say for instance, a good example would be Neptune or Yeah. the rock in Balafihan, isn't it? Uh, no, it's, it's um, the community centre in Balafihan. There'd have to be distance between you and the next bingo player, obviously. Obviously. So I don't know how they'll do it in Ballyfahan, but in Neptune it's it's big enough to do it. So I'm just looking. I'm just looking at the different phases here. You see, like I know that some things got moved up, and today we find uh, extra addition now where people can visit loved ones in nursing homes on the yeah. 29th of June. Uh, oh, restaurants reopen, hotels reopen, pubs that can serve food reopen. So they got all moved up. Um, but, you know, August 10th is is uh, another phase here where it says okay. allow larger social gatherings. All right. Well, OK, I, I think I can wait until August the 10th. So, <laughs> But that could it could be moved up like originally August the 10th. August the 10th was when shopping centres were to reopen. But here yeah, we are on the 15th of June and they're open, you see. Yeah. So if you hear anything on the grapevine, Neil, will you announce us on your show? I think that they might well be checking it out for you here at the moment. So if I have an update on when Bingo's back, or if anybody knows, yeah. I'll yeah. let you know. And you can get back ah. to... That'd be great. Thanks, William. You're more than welcome. Cheers for now. Thanks very much. Take Bye. care. Take care. Bye. It's a good day today for people who are going to go and visit uh, loved ones in nursing homes. By appointment... And also two people, only two people. And again, with a certain amount of distancing. It's hard to follow any of the um, the phases anymore, only by virtue of the fact that so much got moved up. Uh, and, you know, we, we, we went from five phases and everything got squeezed into four. And then a lot of things in phase three got moved into phase two. So could well be the case as well. Uh, for bingo. A um, lot of emails and different topics. I tried to make an appointment today for my seven-year-old daughter to get a haircut when the salons reopen. Unfortunately, the salons won't be doing children's rates. They'd love to cut my seven-year-old's hair for 60 euro. My daughter hasn't been allowed to go to school, play with friends or hug her grandparents. You see, her hair is her thing. She's been waiting and waiting for July to get, uh, to get it uh, cut back into her style. I think it's disgusting that salons are so greedy that they would charge a child a lady's rate. It's pure greed. My children have been so scared and brave and uh, kind and understanding through the pandemic. And now 60 euro for a haircut for a seven-year-old child. I'm sickened by it, says Jane. I don't know what the rates are for women's hair. Depends what you want to get done to it, I suppose, if there's colour involved. But a chair is a chair. And at limited times, there is a price on every one of those chairs and salons these days. Listening to show all week and absolutely delighted to hear the retailers and business owners in Cork emerging from their lockdown and getting back to business. Everyone knows the restaurant and hospitality industry are trying to get back to business from the end of June. And like everyone, we have some serious challenges with this. I'm the manager of the Whale's Tail Restaurant in Clonakilty Distillery in West Cork. And I'm delighted to say that as of now, we can and are taking reservations for our restaurant reopening on Thursday, the 2nd of July. And I would love for you to tell you, I would love to tell you and your listeners what to expect. They'll have a totally altered dining experience from early July 2020 when we emerge from lockdown. 
I'm sure for some they may be nervous, but every step that's been taken by restaurants will ensure customer safety, with the result being a smaller and reduced capacity of diners in all of our restaurants. And that's from Helena. Thank you for getting in touch. The Whale's Tail in Clonakilty Distillery in West Cork now taking bookings. And also saw a really great Instagram page over the weekend. The Flea Market, Mother Jones Flea Market. They've got a great Instagram page. Neil, could you ever let your listeners know that the Flea Market, Mother Jones, situated on York Hill off McCurtain Street, opened again Saturday and Sunday from 10 to 6 after a long closure stint. We have a broad range of stock from vintage furniture to vintage clothing, records and so much more. So they opened last weekend and are open every weekend 10 to 6 Saturdays and Sunday. Um, And then Tony says the one confusing issue, and this is um, to do with BLM, Black Lives Matter. The one confusing issue I have is how many of these protesters make contributions to help save the lives of black people and children in Africa? How many of them put their hand in their pocket? I don't remember too many marching protests to raise awareness of those unfortunates. What happened to George Floyd was terrible and shouldn't have happened. Police brutality is not acceptable in any society, race, colour or creed. But the world has gone mad, afraid to upset people, speaking your mind or speaking the truth. When are the organisers of Black Lives Matters marching to arrange a march for the poor lad who was viciously attacked, unprovoked and left with life-changing injuries in Carrigaline? I grew up in the UK and the biggest racist were the black community themselves, carrying a very big chip on their shoulders. The world has gone mad, says Tony. Well, did you ever think that maybe they might, if, he, if they did have a chip on their shoulder, that they might have a good reason to have a chip on their shoulder? I mean, what we heard over the weekend is another black man shot dead, running away. I mean, I don't know what he was running away from. I don't know whether a crime was committed or whatever, but he was shot in the back as he ran away. Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. Yes, indeed. I mentioned the Gardaí writing to landlords of properties up around the College Road, Magazine Road, Glashine Road area. And here we have more of it. My daughter is in third year college and is staying in College Road this summer. And she's staying with her friends. Myself and my wife went up to visit her at 2 p.m. back end of last week in the afternoon at a time when we expected things to be quiet and civil. This is the College Road. 2 p.m., probably Friday afternoon. In both houses next to us, however, we heard chanting. Chanting. It's a new craze, you see. It's called the Dirty DZ. Am I pronouncing that right? As in short for disease? The Dirty DZ, they were chanting. We were hearing this being chanted over and over again. So we asked, what's all that about? Out of respect to you and your station, I couldn't reveal all of the details and if definitely wouldn't be suitable for your daytime show, it basically involves a concoction of drugs and urination and other disgusting acts. Uh, there has to be more of a presence by Gardy up there. The stuff going on is out of this world and horrific. I hope something is done about it, says Eugene. And just on that, I know you were talking about the ridiculous carry on, carry on by students, but my younger sister has a house leased for the year um, on College Road. Um, and, but she's actually staying with us during lockdown. I've been listening to the horrific accounts of the ongoings and she's telling me about them. The new, the new thing they've adopted is a no nights off policy where they drink every single night. It's a no nights off policy. I don't want to get into the antics going on, but a good few of her friends now have STDs, sexually transmitted diseases because of the amount of unprotected shagging along with this new 
Dirty Deezy. It could be Deezy or Deezy. I think it is Deezy. This Dirty Deezy craze and challenge. Not sure what it is. Something's going to have to be done. You said it uh, recently. How can they be expected to treat their neighbours with respect if they can't respect themselves? I feel dreadfully sorry for all people living on College Road not involved in this and that just want to get on with their lives, says Jamie. Uh, talking about a spike in uh, sexually transmitted diseases because of the amount of unprotected sex. And Robert says, uh, never had to email in like this in all my years of living on the college road, but enough is enough. Something has to be done about their behavior. A new party seems to be trending. It's something called the Dirty D's. Foul and barbaric is the only way I can describe their behavior. I hope something can be done before they push all of us residents away. Has anybody got an idea as to what this Dirty D's is all about? I mean... I'm not even sure it's suitable for daytime radio, but I, I think we need to know. What is this latest craze that's going up on College Road? Text 0868104106. And then I've got lots more than when it comes to um, uh, te- texts and emails. But welcome back to but I want to go to my phone lines for now. Mary, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Thanks for holding. Um, you have a and b in Castletown Bear. That's right, the cottage heights B&B. Beautiful, beautiful. Now, what are you expecting to be busy? No, I'm expecting to be quiet this year. Why? I mean, if people can't go overseas. Well, hopefully we'll have uh, a lot of Irish people visiting us this season, but all the foreign visitors have cancelled. They're not coming. Obviously. And were you, were you very busy with bookings in advance of all of this? Yes, we were. In January and February, we had a lot of bookings coming in for the season, but unfortunately with COVID-19, everything cancelled. And you, gave, you had to give back all deposits, I suppose? Had, no, we had we don't take deposits. The majority of the bookings come through Booking dot com. So, are you expecting Cork people or Irish people to come visit West Cork? I'm hoping to see Cork people, and I'm hoping to see Irish people uh, visiting West Cork because we do very good uh, value for money down there. Okay, not from what I'm seeing though, with regards to some of the prices that have been sent from Booking dot com, for instance. I mean, like there's an incredible one here. Not not you guys, but Killarney, right? Uh, a family room. Killarney is very expensive. This is, a, this is a guest house in Killarney. Um, two adults, two children, seven nights in a family room. €1,373. Very expensive. What would you be for a week, by comparison? I am €100 Euros per night for a family of four, including breakfast. So you're 700 For a week, yes. And they're 1400 Yes, double. Why are they double? I honestly don't know. Because they can get it? Because it's Killarney? Because they can get it because it's Killarney probably. So for a family then in your guest house, it's €25 per person per night with breakfast. Sorry? For your bed and breakfast per night, per person, it's €25 per person including breakfast. In a family room sharing. I know that. Comparing like with like in a family room. Why wouldn't you be really busy with that kind of a price, though? I'm hoping we will be. Yeah. yeah. Are you online or do you rely we're on... We're online and we have our own website and we're also on booking.com. And, and how's it going to be different for you now with uh, regards to changes because of coronavirus? Well, we have to... I have to do um, an online course and do some training and literally we'll have to... Uh, embrace everything and get on with it. Okay, okay. You can rent out all of the rooms at the one time, though, can you? 
as far as I know so far. Okay. All right. So, so you our ha- main thing, Neil, is to keep our, our guests safe oh, and leave them relaxed in a safe environment. Okay. Okay. So let it be known that the Castletown Bear Cottage Heights Bed and Breakfast is €100 Euro per night for a family room of four, including breakfast. That's exactly correct. And you're accepting bookings now all across the summer from the 29th of the month. I'm accepting bookings now for the whole season. All right, girl. I hope your phone lines get busy. Can they find you on bookings.com or can they ring you directly? They can ring me direct. I'd be delighted to be rang direct. All right. What's your number? 027-71743. 71743. And when you stay in Castletown Bear, you have the whole of West Cork at your beck and call. Everything. Everything. Okay. Beautiful Castletown Bear. The scenery is amazing. There's amazing walks. Lovely for cycling. Lovely for angling. Lovely beaches. Lovely beaches. When the weather is nice, beautiful beaches. So we have everything in West Cork. Well, I'm glad you picked up the phone. I hope you get some business out of it. Thanks, Mary. Cheers. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. That's the Cottage Heights in Castledown Bear. 27 71743 €100 Euro per night, including breakfast, family room of four. Four breakfasts, four labas per night, €100. Euro. That's value of that, you can be sure. We're at all like that, as the fellow says. What about house swapping then? What about house swapping? Marzia, good morning. Hi, good morning. There are online sites, of course, where you can literally put your property up and then you team up with someone who wants to come to Ireland and you want to go to their country. That's the procedure, isn't it? Well, I don't do the house swapping. Um, I'm just um, referring to my neighbours that do that. So I don't know the logistics behind that. But as a neighbour being next, next door to a neighbour who does the house swap, there was never, ever a problem. We've actually enjoyed it. We've had people from Canada, from France, from Germany, um, living next door to us. And it's always been quite entertaining. Did your neighbor ask you to look out for them or be kind to them kind of thing? Or oh, absolutely. It, um, I think that was the, well, yes. I mean, they would go away and they'd let us know that they're house swapping. And when the um, the arrival, when, when they're, the, these people arrive just to make sure that they're at the right house and just to make them feel comfortable. And yeah, yeah. I mean, we didn't. Yeah, there was it was just very normal, you know, to do. But they don't do it anymore. The kids have grown up, and I don't know what they do now. But yes, but that was the the norm for the summers. And what is this a place that's near the sea? Is it in a rural area, a scenic area? It's out in the beautiful countryside of um, Inniscarra. Mm. So, so it is really, we, we're right across the river. So besides, the, the nice thing about it, I would think, um, they had access to neighbor's car. They would take the car and they'd go do long day trips. Oh, car included. The car was included and the dog was left behind. So they had the responsibility of looking after the dog too. And where did um, people come from to this home in in, in Ascara? Like I said, um, we've had, well, the time that I've been there, we've had three different uh, visitors um, from Canada. We've actually remained friends. We've been uh, Facebook friends. Um, we've had a family from Germany and we've had a family from France. And did they love it here? They loved it. They find they it expensive here? Not at all. Okay. No, they well, 
They didn't, I guess, because they were house swapping. They didn't have that expense That's of accommodation yeah, yeah. and uh, the hiring of a car. It was all included. It was one package. That sounds like an ideal scenario to me, I have to say. Apart from apart from having to pack up your personal items and all that kind of stuff, that's a bit of a dose, isn't it, before you go? Well, I, for me personally, that would be a, a thing of, um, it would come down to trust and I wouldn't feel comfortable with it. But my neighbours seem pretty comfortable leaving everything out in the open and say, yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, it works for them. And they've been made great holidays out of right. Even my neighbours that were out, the places that they've been to, they've come back and they've had nothing but great stories to tell. And it was it turned out to be successful. And when they went overseas, was there a car in the drive for them as well? Completely. That was the arrangement that they had arranged between themselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's probably so. it's probably a website, something like housewap.com or something like that, you know? Must be like I said. I never really got involved in that. Or Not your cup of tea, anything. but you saw how they liked it, and it worked out for them. They enjoyed it. They've made many holidays. They've had great holidays. Okay. Well, good luck to you all out in the beautiful Lee Valley. Fair play to you. Thanks Thank for taking you. the call. Cheers. A lovely cycle out that way yesterday. Actually, it was absolutely gorgeous. The day was so beautiful. Put some of the photographs up on uh, my Instagram page yesterday, and people were delighted to see it. It seems to seem to like positivity. You know, nice photographs of places, and then on Saturday. What a morning. We left really, really early and headed down west. Can I say thank you in particular to the lovely staff in the Londis in the square in Ross Carberry. There was a great little business going on there on uh, Saturday lunchtime. Uh, I had wanted to get, you know, there's the fish basket down there on the beach down around Longstrand. But unfortunately, I was there at about 10 past 12 and they weren't doing any fish and chips till one o'clock. And we were starving at that stage after a really, really long walk. West Cork is so beautiful. Uh, so we went up into Ross Carberry and got some of those fresh, crusty rolls full of turkey and ham and potato salad and, uh, you know, um, coleslaw and all sorts of beautiful things. Brought them back down to the beach and ate them. They were absolutely delicious. Hunger's a great sauce, isn't it? You know, talking about, you know, getting things in perspective. Laura says, I find it upsetting and disturbing to see the amusement surrounding the issue of queues outside pennies. This is not a week since the protest on the Grand Parade where people who attended were lambasted online and on air. What are the priorities here? People's lives, humanity and rights or cheap clothes? We're slave to consumerism and it's no wonder Cork City is crumbling. Another shopping centre planned out in East Cork and people are delighted because it will bring more jobs. It'll bring more money to multinational companies who can pull their company out in a second. Look at what Debenhams did. I heard you asking a girl on the air, Neil, is there any positives in society at the moment? I can tell you the gap is widening. Rents and homelessness are on the increase. The rich are getting richer and people continue to bitch and moan about minorities living in poverty while Apple withholds billions of tax from our country, while our cowards of ministers pay millions of taxpayers' money to avoid that money now being collected. Direct provision could be eradicated in a second. So could homelessness. But while the people turn a blind eye to these injustices and continue to vote for a free market, capitalist governments, it'll only get worse. I received a letter three weeks ago from my landlord which said my rent is being upped. You've a caller there laughing and complaining about queuing for McDonald's with the security trying to do their jobs being abused. 
I would ask you to treat the direct provision issue seriously and actively seek those who are being affected and use your platform to give them their voice and allow them to tell their stories, says Laura. Um, that letter that you got from your landlord who said that your rent is being upped, that's illegal. Uh, there are no rent increases during this pandemic. So I don't know what his game is. Saw a video at the weekend of a landlord and an electrician going into a property and switching off the electric power. I can't see how that's legal, but there's the video nonetheless to show it. it he was there standing in the background and there was some guy at the, the box, you know, where the fuses are and the meter is and he was doing his thing with it, turning off the power and a woman and her small child inside in the house. Um, if you want, actually, um, I have a really interesting pre-record that I did with Aswar. He's Sri Lankan, right? He's from Sri Lanka. And he's in direct provision here for quite some time now. I mean, it's very interesting. They said that they couldn't sort out homelessness. And then, to a large extent, it got sorted out because of COVID-19, albeit temporarily for those that didn't want to be on the streets. I know that there are still a lot are by day. But I believe that there's a bed provided for everybody, at least I'm being told, at night. Um, but anyway, Aswar is in, uh, in, in temporary, sorry, not in temporary accommodation. He's in direct provision accommodation. And I still haven't played his chat. So I think Jane or Laura is suggesting that I should play more uh, chats and have more conversations with people in direct provision. So I will do that this morning. But um, I do my best to answer all questions asked on this here radio program. And I was asked a while ago, when will Bingo be back? She doesn't care at all about her hair. Bingo is what she's at. And I figured that because of the phases being tightened up, that Bingo, like a lot of other things, including restaurants and hotels, will probably open earlier. Let's find out. Paul Barris, the chairman of the Neptune Basketball Club. And, of course, Neptune is used for bingo. Paul, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Have you good news? Well, the 28th of July is the date we've, we've been given for... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's some improvement from the 10th of August, isn't it? It got moved up it a is. phase. Yeah, yeah. Well, every week is a help. So, it, so bingo's been moved up just like pubs are being moved up to the 20th of July. Would I be right in saying that? That's correct, yeah. Yeah. And do you think it might get bumped up again? Um, well, hopefully the, if the trend continues and the numbers are, are low, everything might move on a little bit. Okay, this isn't just for Neptune, it's all bingo, the 20th of July. Yeah. Every one of us, yeah. So how would it work in Neptune if you normally would have 300 people a night? Um, well, that's something that we're actually walking through as we speak. Um, social distancing with two metres will allow us to get 220 people into the stadium, so... We're just trying to figure out now exactly how we're going to manage it. I know what you mean. And if it was one meter, you could have full house. That's it. That's 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 the consequence of the two meter as opposed to the one meter. Yeah, I know, I know. But the date anyway. Lock it away, lads. July twentieth. Okay, good man. And is basketball back or basketball training back? No, the- it's not. Um, indoor sports are sports are, and they're still doing a bit of work on exactly how we can manage indoor sport. Um, but we're in touch with them regularly with basketball and then sport and just to get some advice. So it's, um, you know, it's a work in progress, I suppose, Neil. Could it be that you'd have basketball games without supporters? That's an option. It is an option. When are the um, leagues like? When when does it get competitive? Well, our, our local leagues would start in late August, early September, and our national leagues would start in October. So we still be, we have the benefit of time, I suppose. Yeah, it's not as if it's uh, it's it's not an early season league then. 
No, it's not. Yeah. So that's 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 a plus. Fair play. All right. Oh, oh, did you see? Did you watch the last dance? Have you seen that? I have. I have. It's great. Show, actually, even for somebody who has no interest in basketball, it's brilliant, isn't it? It is a fantastic insight into a, 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 a top pro dressing room, I thought, you know. Oh, man, I thought it was incredible. The mechanics of it. Yeah, and Michael Jordan last week gave 100 million euro yeah. to Black Lives Matters. 100 million euro. Fantastic. Incredible, isn't it? Oh, well, look, he's an icon, isn't he? Ah, uh, yeah, for all the right reasons, in fairness. Yeah. All right, Paul, appreciate it. Good luck when the, when, the, when the teams come back and Bingo's back on the 20th of July. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Seamus Wheelahan was up first up in Wilton this morning and has now moved to Blackpool Shopping Centre. Let's see how things have been. First up, uh, Seamus, good morning. First up, Wilton. How was it? Well, Wilton this morning, uh, Neil, there were uh, two uh, queuing since half five this morning to, to get in. But when I got there, there was about uh, 50 or 60 people queuing to get into the main shopping centre. Now, funnily enough, um, the, the two girls that were queuing from half five this morning uh, were Alicia and Ashling, two girls that I met outside Penny's on Friday, <laughs> who uh, had come in from... They come in. You may remember me saying they came in from Ballincollig at half one in the morning, and uh, decided to go home. There was no one queuing, and and got pretty uh, irate when um, the, when they discovered that uh, there were people queuing in Patrick Street and Half Street. But anyway, this morning they uh, they were back to purchase more bikinis in uh, pennies in. Uh, in Wilton and uh, a second pair of pants because there was only one pants in both their sizes so they're sharing that for the last week or for the last few days so um, so was uh, the queue in Wilton for pennies do you think really? No it wasn't there was no real queue for um, for for pennies in Wilton whatsoever um, it's just people looking to try and get back to some bit of normality um, there was a lot of people that are are that were over in the hospital um, the day the day procedures are are starting back up again so they they had one or two people in uh, that were undergoing some sort of minor minor operation so it's just to kind of kill some time which they couldn't have done right through covid-19 because Wilton Shopping Centre wasn't there for them um, but the staff in Wilton have everything managed to a T the social distancing, the whole lot. Um, they, there's security on the doors. They're only allowing in a certain number at every time. Yeah. While you're in there, there's staff in and around the centre to ensure social distancing is being maintained at all times. And are all of the shops in Wilton open? Mostly, uh, a lot of them are. There's a, there's a few still yet to open, but the the management were telling me this morning there that because the uh, units are different sizes, that there's different numbers can be in the shop at any one time, one in, one out. Yeah. So, so it's basically up to the management, or sorry, the the the, the unit owners to manage that that aspect. But they have staff right around the um, the, the shopping centre to make sure people are following the one-way system and that they're maintaining their social distance. The toilets are open in Wilton as well, and it's basically they're following uh, national guidelines where they're they're monitored. There's restricted access, 
and that they're cleaned once a I was told that the to- toilets would be closed and the Wi-Fi would be switched off. Well, when I was there this morning, the toilets were in operation. Okay, all right. And it's a one-way system, so if you try and go against the one-way system, what happens? You'll be uh, severely, to- uh, you'll get a severely dressing down <laughs> from one of the... Uh, one of the security staff that are there to ensure that that, that it is maintained. Everybody maintained. moves the same way. Exactly. All right. Exactly. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. I'll catch up with you after 11. We'll see how things are going in Blackpool. Sounds to me as if Wilton is like business as usual. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. All right. Lots of different topics been dealt with recently. I've been really annoyed with the attacks on the students getting the pay- COVID payment. Can I tell you that not all students are living like the students staying in the accommodation in the city. A lot of them aren't acting like that. Nothing's changed up in that area. In fact, it's getting hell of a lot worse up around College Road, Magazine Road. Anyway, back to the email. There are families out there that have lost their jobs or have significant losses in wages. Families who have all their kids at home and the cost of living with them at home has significantly increased. I know a lot of students who are giving their COVID payments to their parents, which is going to keep the household afloat, buying food and paying the bills. A lot of families are under stress, suffering with anxiety, not knowing when and if they'll ever get their jobs back. If they didn't have that extra COVID payment, they would be seriously struggling. Nobody thinks of the other side of the coin. Well, that's what I'm here for, to hear both sides. I got in touch with you on the 13th of May about the possibility of students invading the College Road, Magazine Road area for the summer due to the courtesy of the COVID-19 payment. Unfortunately, my predictions to you on the 13th of May came through came true, I should say. I said at the time that I had received about 50 calls and texts as a landlord. In the following three weeks, I got about another 35 calls and texts. And I'm sending you now a typical example. Uh, And he did. He sent me one uh, from a character who said, morning, my name is blah, blah, blah. Sorry to be bothering you so late in the evening. I'm texting about a house for the summer. I didn't want to call you as I can only imagine how lots of phone calls get annoying. So feel free to call me back. We had a house for 10 people and it fell through. So we would be looking to get as many as possible into the house. But if it was less, we wouldn't mind. Here's the interesting bit. We're mainly college students, but working for the HSC for the summer and therefore require accommodation. Sorry for contacting you if you're already full. To be honest, I got your number off a friend who had your number on a list. So I understand if that's annoying. But please let me know if you have anything available and we will be ready to move in any time. I hope you are keeping well in these strange times. Stay safe, take care, yours, etc. Blah, blah, blah. Now, the suspicious part of that, of course, is glaringly obvious. We are mainly college students, but working for the HSC for the summer. Yeah, as we'd say in Cork. Yeah, they need the accommodation for that. But I imagine maybe that's one of the reasons given to try and get the accommodation. Oh, yes, we are students, but we're working for the HSE for the summer. We can move in straight away. There's 10 of us. I have a smile on my face. Anyway, text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 1850104106. Thank you, Chris. It makes for depressing reading. He sent me some price comparisons, and here they are. This is for, on each of these occasions... Seven nights, um, much of it down around Playa Blanca uh, and uh, Puerto del Carmen and places like that. All right. So one apartment, uh, one bedroom apartment for two adults, two children, seven nights. Uh, Playa Honda, 
465 euro for the week. Another one here, Playa Blanca, one bedroom apartment, four adults, two adults, two children, seven nights. 599 euro for the week. Puerto del Carmen, two bedroom apartment with a pool, two adults, two children, seven nights, 620 euro. Another one, Puerto del Murej, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, a five bedroom house, lads, a five bedroom house, two adults, two children, seven nights, 428 euro. Depressing, isn't it? Playa Blanca, another one. One bedroom apartment, four adults, two adults, two children, seven nights, 536 euro. And the list goes on and on. He then also sends me a comparison. Hard to get apartment comparisons, I know that. Hotel in Killarney, family room, two adults, two children, seven nights, 1,038. Dingle bed and breakfast, two adults, two children, seven nights, 1,111 euro. Guest house in Killarney, two adults, two children, seven nights, 1,373 euro. And it goes on and on. Oh, here's one. These are apartments in Killarney, an apartment in Killarney, two adults, two children, seven nights, 1,400 euro for the week. And it goes on and on and on. Guest house in Killarney, although this one, by comparison, then seems very cheap, even though seven nights, two adults and two children, 887 euro. So there is the exception. A dingle bed and breakfast, seven nights, two adults, two children, 1,400 euro. And all of those are breakfast only. The list goes on and on and on. Um, You see, it's kind of a dangerous thing to be comparing uh, Lanzarote, the Canaries, Spain and Portugal with Irish prices because it's not the same in many different ways. Um, I'm just trying to defend an industry that would be suicidal to go out of their way to try and rip people off this summer. Uh, regular contributor to this program is Des McGahan. He has Ballinacurra House down Kinsale Way. He joins me by phone. Des, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? First up, those, cr- those price comparisons. Um, can you shed any light on the differences? Hmm, well, I guess, you know, I'm not going to be doing a direct comparison with our product because as no, you know... No, but I'm talking about the industry. Different. I'm talking about yeah. the industry. Well, I mean, Neil, there's been a wipeout on the industry, so, I mean, there's going to be a big divergence and discrepancy in prices, but, you know, we've had uh, people come back to us and say, oh, you know, you're obviously going to be discounting your prices and you're going to be dropping them, you know, through the through the, the, the floor. Uh, when we just had a three million wipeout for the year, um, to reinvent ourselves, my wife and I have been working our butts off for the last three months trying to work, 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 come up with new ideas, new concepts and stuff like that. And, you know, everybody has their own running costs. But I think you made the point there before. I mean, we're, not, we're certainly not in the business to whip people off. But what we're going to be doing, we're going to be putting some new holiday rental uh, staycation concepts together. And I think we're going to be pretty fair. We're going to be charging something like starting at 48 euros a, a person. Uh, we've been doing lots of other things like, uh, you know, our sort of food for the summer and like that, you know, the takeaway things. And we've been charging a lot less than, uh, you know, than restaurants. So I guess people have to be very sensitive. They have to be also cognizant of the fact that you've got to do a like-by-like comparison. What are they getting for the money? I mean, there's going to be massive discrepancies, but you're absolutely right. There's no, there's no point in ripping off the, the customer. We need, as Boris said, we need people to come back out again and feel comfortable and feel good and start generating you know, money in the economy again. So, and maybe yeah. people would, but would they pay for a Killarney cottage... For seven nights, two adults, two children, one thousand seven hundred and eighty-two euro. 
Mm, doubtful, doubtful. You yeah. see, that's the thing. Yeah. So even if they want to and they want to support and they want to encourage, they can't afford the prices. Well, that's right. I mean, and it depends what that market is. That's that market that can't afford those prices. So, you know, you've got to cut your cake the way you want it. And uh, if the... Uh, so people on a budget are forced overseas, really, aren't they? Well, to some, to some degree, yeah, yeah I guess. Okay, okay. Uh, but it's the whole running cost of this country, too. I mean, uh, we could go on and on and on about what has... But our great friends in the insurance uh, world who, I mean, we've been in lockdown. I think they've gone into hiding. And, you know, nobody uh, that has properties and uh, you know, hotels, B&Bs, and like that, no one's getting any other support. So I guess so the wages are higher. The VAT is higher. The excise is higher. The insurance yeah. is higher. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, just as we're on the insurance, because, I mean, this is a major bugbear for this industry. As I said, they've gone into hiding. I calculated the other day when we spent something like 800000 in the last 20 years of my business uh, in insurance premiums, right? And I think we've collected back about fifteen grand when we had a wipeout on a storm there a few years ago. And can we get any... Over 800 grand in premiums? Yeah, can we get an answer from them? Can they help them? Can they help us with business interruption? Can they do anything? We have had, uh, you know, like, we. funny enough, Neil, we had the biggest year in business lined up this year because, you know, we've been working hard at our niche product of private and exclusive use, as you well know, and, you know, the level we operate on on food and personal staff and doubling the number of staff of anywhere else and can fail location. But uh, we've, we've collected back about 15 grand, I think, or whatever, and we can't get anything any answers and I know the government's hustling them. I know Bono's taken them to court I know there's places in Dublin the Vintners have taken them to court I mean they're, they're not even coming out with statements they're not even telling us what's going on it's an expensive country to run a business in without uh, a doubt that you can be sure same for is. you then where primarily it's weddings and corporate um, yeah. that's just fallen off a cliff <laughs> it certainly has. Neil, I was doing, you know, lockdown allows you to do a bit of reflecting. And of course, you know, I'm in the, getting into the golden years of my life, so-called, right? And I was thinking that a lot of the young kids, this is their first crisis, right? Uh, and I was thinking uh, just back in reflecting on, on various things. And I left Northern Ireland in 1972, right in the height of the troubles where murders were going right, left and centre. My father gave me 20 quid to go to a one-way ticket in London. And I tried to get a job and of course the signs you see no blacks no irish no dogs weren't allowed to bring me dog with me just as well and uh, you saw those signs then crisis number one started the business in asia 1989 the start of the tianman square disaster we got a wipeout in 2008 with the economic downturn and you have to do something about it and here we are again so uh what do we do what do you do you mean you, you have to and i guess a lot of the young ones i think we're talking about depression and people are down i mean you, you have to reinvent yourself you have to go out hard you have to think outside the box and do lots of different things so are they the back is, will, will, are are the bookings for the old head going to come back, for instance? You'd get a lot of business from that, wouldn't you, guys? Americans well, would I, take... Yeah. yeah. Funny, I was speaking to Brendan Lara there last week. The owners of the old head, I mean, they do rely an awful lot on the U.S. business and certain, uh, you know, premium golf courses. 80 or 90% of the business is U.S. 
so there's that business going. But yeah. I mean, they're not going to get that. They're not going to get the money back for this year. We, we've had a big wipeout this year as well. And I mean, here, here's another issue, right? And I, I mean, I hope the government, uh, the government has to look at a lot of things. The big problem we got when they, uh, the government delay in providing guidelines and numbers, and has been the greatest cause of cancellations and postponements. When they said small weddings and larger weddings could go ahead when they launched their initial roadmap, but without any guidance on what those numbers are, it scared the living daylights out of a lot of the 2020 weddings, and they panicked or either cancelled and postponed to later 2020 or 21. Yeah, yeah. So the situation for the tourism and hospitality business, and as you know, Conceal is a, an, a, a, you know, an excellent uh, tourist product, as you well know as well. And, and they're so trialling outdoor seating. Didn't I see um, the Blue Haven doing some trialling there recently? Well, that was the Conceal.ie initiative, yeah. I mean, they are trying a lot of things. And, of course, we have the benefit of, of space here uh, in terms of what we're going to be trying to do. So we're going to look at a lot of, you know, different initiatives like outdoor cinemas, vacations, pop-up restaurants. You know, the whole landscape has changed. The problem is this. Neil, th- th- there's a number of problems here, right? If you think uh, the problem with the hospitality and weddings and tourism business, it's very seasonal, right? So... Our prime season goes from, say, like March to October, and that's when you make your money. From October to about March the following year, you're just covering costs. Mm. So, and not, sometimes, you know, you get a bit of a spike at Christmas. So here we are again. We, we Our business get, and I'm not just speaking for my myself, I'm speaking for the collective here. Business wipeout uh, started in March. By the time it's ready to open again, it's going to be like a fact. If once we know that, we still don't know what the numbers are. By the time we're ready to open up again, it's going to be September, October. But if the numbers are going to be, um, you know, reduced by fifty percent, I mean, we're working a very tight margin of ten or fifteen percent profit margin. So if your numbers are going down fifty percent, you're only going to get going in about September, October, and the season's going again. So, so therefore, therefore, two things here. Hotels then are more expensive because the season is only March to October. A lot of that has been wiped out, so they have to put prices up and people should realize that, is it? Well, I'm not, I don't know, but other hotels, and we're not a hotel, as you know, but we're not putting our prices up. We're keeping our prices the same, but a lot of people are expecting us to drop our prices when, in actual fact, look at the financial exposure we're, we're facing this year. We also have to invest a whole load more money in the new procedures and guidelines and stuff like that, coupled with the fact that maybe you're, if the, if the two-meter social distancing rules, that means if we could do a wedding for 100 people, we can only now do 50. Yeah. So, it, 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 Neil, it's, it's a big economic conundrum here and again the government have done a fantastic job in terms of you know trying to control the pandemic but we're not hearing we're not we not all that fantastic let's be honest about it well, I mean, like better, those areas than, better, than, were... better than mr trump anyway i guess but um you, you know we've done a reasonably good job but we're in a very very difficult you know scenario where the but people are comparing irish it. prices then right and they're comparing hotel prices this morning and sending me comparisons with yeah. a country that has a short tourist season like Ireland and Spain and Portugal that has 12 months of the year mm, well again I mean you have to take it on a case by case basis certainly we're not putting our prices up we're doing our best to you know survive and, and, and what are you going to do differently you'll open what June 29th 
Well, uh, well, we will open. I mean, we're telling people now we can start doing viewings, but we don't know what the number. What, what is the definition of a small wedding? When you say viewings, you're saying weddings. Wedding? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, 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 they, what are the numbers? What, what can we do and what will be? So they're saying we can do it, but we don't know. There's no definition of what the numbers are. And what, and what date can you take a wedding booking from? Uh, good question. I think probably about August, I guess. Um, but again, we need to know what the guidelines are. And you don't know if there's a spike, as being suggested, will happen at the, in the autumn and we go back into lockdown again. So you're dealing with the unknown. Yeah, and I mean, this is where I think that the hospitality tourism business has been one of the hardest wiped out. I mean, you know, good luck to people that I've got a job to go back to. But we don't, you know, I I woke up the the other morning thinking, I was looking at the the hills of Kilimanjaro and deciding which which hill to climb first because we can't see a way necessarily out of it in the short term. And as I pointed back there to the, the poster boys of, uh, uh, of bad behavior, our insurance companies are, as I say, are in hiding. So we don't know what's going on and we need more guidelines. We need more guidelines and more help vis-a-vis our uh, you know, tourist product, which is very seasonal oriented. And, and it's, you know, it's tough. But we are doing, Neil, the one thing I just said to you, you know, you can't sit on your butt and do you nothing. You have to diversify to now. Outside the box. Yeah. We're looking at, you know, obviously the wedding business. I think we have a benefit that we've noticed a lot of uh, inquiries in the last pe- few weeks where people have booked big, large hotel weddings and now want something, a smaller family affair in a private, safe environment. So there's definitely going to be a spike in our interest where you know, privacy gives you a controlled environment in uh, these situations. And, and certainly the corporates, we're hoping to you know hit them hard as well because, uh, you know, a lot of the corporates have lost connection with their staff. Um, they need to look, you know, things like, you know, exactly residential brainstorming sessions, client meeting. Basis. That's right. And that's all gone to Zoom now, you see. Well, Zoom, yeah, but Zoom's good, but you still need personal interaction and you need to be able to, you know, you can't, they're talking about all this remote, remote working. Well, that only works in principle for a part of the time. You can't have people, you know, living in total isolation all the time. You need, certainly, you need to have people in that environment. The, the, the thing that we can say we offer is that this is a controlled environment. So rather than booking, you know, an open access hotel, come here and it's only one group at one time. Yeah. And, you yeah. te- test your product. You can test everybody, make sure they're okay, and everything is prepared for you. Uh, you know, without the intrusion of outsiders or stuff like that. So what we're seeing our niche. I think that the word is with crisis comes opportunity and you have to do something and you just, um, you know, have to try and, as I said, think outside the box. And do you ever, do you ever think or have you had moments when you said, no, this is too big a hill to climb now. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to get out. Well, as I said to you, Neil, 1972, leaving Northern Ireland with 20 quid in my pocket and a one-way ticket to London with uh, that situation. Opened my, my business in 1989 in Tiananmen Square where four million people were uh, on, on the streets of Hong Kong. Managed to get out of that one as well. 2008, we had 30 pieces of business in corporates for 2008 for our, you know, our corporate offering. Wipeout, boom, gone on a, gone on a minute. So here we go here again, we go though. Again. Yeah. Here we go again. The roller coaster goes. But... You know, we can't sit back. If if the government makes some smart moves on a case by case, on a sort of an industry by industry uh, scenario, I mean, a lot of people will get back to work. A lot of other 
people will be able to get their wages coming in again. But certainly we are one of the most economically challenged of the whole, you know, uh, sort of of the whole world of business. And uh, we can't be we can't be treated the same as everybody else. Um, and we have to be looked at differently to see what support we need based on the seasonality, based on what we're trying mm. to do. And, uh, and, and the fact that, you know, we had a lot of overseas business cancelled, but, you know, it, it wasn't anything to do with Ireland. It was the, it was the issues in their own countries, um, you know, because they were concerned about people didn't want to travel in case they wouldn't be allowed back. And, you know, the American business, which is so, so important for places, wonderful places like the Old Head and ourselves and many other industries in Ireland, I mean, uh, they're in total lockdown. They're, well, you know, I think I've seen a great headline there last week, which I think summed it up in two words, United States, and that's the way it is. I don't think we'll be seeing too many Americans. Not the Americans, no. I think that's going to be and an issue with people. And they were a big, big boost to our economy and whatever else. Des, good luck going forward. Do stay in touch, all right? He <laughs> will, Neil. Thanks Appreciate so taking the call. Des McGahan at Ballinacurra House in Kinsale, beautiful part of the world. Um, a lot of other texts and emails and different things. You know, many people are going back to work, of course, and childcare costs are an issue. Morning, Neil. I'm due to return to work next week, which will be this week, this morning. The government has funded millions into this. I struggle. I will struggle with childcare for my own child as there are no summer camps running this year. My query is that all children who are coming back, only three of those children's parents are actually working. Um, this person who sent this email is working in childcare, so she must have a crash herself. And she says, all of the children are coming back. Only three of those children are parents working. The rest of us, the rest of them are just using my service as a babysitting service that I provide while leaving my own daughter at home. I, I guess it's because of the business enterprise that you're running. You know, you're in crash. Uh, and if you're open for business and people want to send their children, and they're not uh, concerned about maybe the children. I'm sure that you have the best guidelines in place as you open this morning. Good luck to you with that one. Um, an interesting suggestion from um, a chap who, who emailed or texted me earlier in the week, followed by, by the name of Mark. He, he wants Cork City Council to turn Bishop Lucy Park into a multi-storey car park. I kind of sat up and took note when I saw this text coming in. He said, it will allow them a constant revenue stream if they're 30 million in the hole that you would take Bishop Lucy Park and turn it into a multi-story. Uh, it could act as a cushion to allow the council to reduce rates for shops and give extra parking for shopping. The car park would also make money at night when the convention centre is up and running. That opens another can of worms as to whether they're going to divvy up the money for the convention centre or not. Um, I, I don't know, are you suggesting really that, you know, Bishop Lucy Park is not fit for purpose or that nobody's using it or the wrong type kind of people are using it and they could only be used as a car park? Interesting thought. Um, and then lots on issues regarding racism and the colour of people's skin. A few of those. Uh, would somebody, would someone be picked on by, for the colour of their skin in Ireland and call the N-word, N-word in a school? Of course they would be. Not unlike the fact that it's just like the same bully would also pick on a homosexual and call him the F word or call a traveler the K word or call a group of teens with hoodies a group of scumbags. We are not a racist society as such, but we do have horrible people who mock and bully others. But I believe you find that everywhere. And then somebody is irate because they think that ism ending words seem to have a lot of clout in society these days. Racism, vegetarianism, veganism, atheism. 
the color of race of any person does not determine or influence a person's behavior. But sadly now, it's become a huge issue. Paul McGrath is an Irish legend while playing in a green shirt. And he was called a nasty word many times while playing for his club. But it's always just by ignorant people, not everybody. On hairdressers, all the talk about hairdressers and barbers, there's still nothing about beauty salons. Hairdressers can stand behind their client for a lot of time. But how are beauticians going to manage when most of their treatments are face to face? I am a beautician and I feel we have zero guidelines as to what to do and if all the treatments are safe to carry out. And I know we had a missing teenager last week who thankfully went home after a couple of days. Unfortunately, we have way too many teenagers doing a bunk or a flit and then turning up a couple of days later. They're wasting an awful lot of time and energy, members of the public and also rescue groups who kick in trying to find them. Remember last year, Neil, lots of teenagers were going missing for a few days and then they'd come home. It was a challenge between teenagers to see whose disappearance could get the most media attention and the most shares on social media. These teenagers would be safely hiding, usually at a friend's house. Is that what's going on again? I see recently because of a lot of posts online about teenagers missing, but they always show up after a few days. It's quite worrying because I fear that sooner or later a genuine missing person's case will not be taken seriously. Well, you're right there. And sometimes it, it kind of makes me do a double think as to should we be covering this one, this missing teenager and that one and the other one because so much time is wasted on it and they're never at risk or in peril. And 99.9% of the time, they just go home again. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 1851-04106. Red FM. Just on uh, issues involving um, antisocial behavior and student carry-on and stuff like that, the Echo Live is reporting this morning that a special guard unit is being launched in the coming days to police Cork City Centre and outlying outlying areas. That should always have been the way. Um, It hasn't been, so must be good news to hear that it's going to be that way. A special guard unit... Uh, and businesses are welcoming it. The chief superbarian with Poland said the unit will be a uniformed unit with members on the beat and on mountain bikes across the city centre. It will include outlying areas stretching to the Mardike, Kent Station and the Marina. I don't know if it says anything about the greater area up around the college. I imagine if it covers out as far as the Mardike, then it could stretch up a little further no- uh, south uh, down to um, College Road, Magazine Road, but it's primarily for the city centre, to police the city centre and outlying areas, a special guard unit. Don't know how many numbers we're talking about here, but you will expect to see more guardee on the streets, on foot and on mountain bikes, and that should be happening in the next couple of days. Um, if you've been in the city recently, if you've been in the city recently, you'll notice that it has got busier now with people shopping, but for a couple of months, it was like tumbleweed. So all you would see was people drinking or hanging out or, you know, people with addiction problems or nowhere to go during the day. And it was a sorry, sorry sight. It it could well be, from what I'm seeing anyway, out and about, I think now that really physical distancing or social distancing is becoming the exception now rather than the norm. You know, as people get back to normal, it's all very well when you get into a, a premises or what have you. But the bigger ones, the queues outside them, People are trying their best, but way too many people just don't get it anymore and they're just ignoring it. And then you see different groups of people of all ages that are just hanging out. So for me, it seems to be more the exception rather than the norm. And that's why maybe one of the reasons why Professor Jerry Killeen is saying on the front of the examiner this morning, a second wave is on the way. It's a depressing story to be starting the week, I know. But he's saying we lifted, uh, we, we went into lockdown too late 
and were lifting lockdown restrictions too soon. Ireland failed to impose lockdown measures at the right time and we're now lifting them at the wrong time again. In spite of the fact that we're in a financial hole, we also will be in a epidemiology hole, twice as big as the one we've just come out of. Pretty shocking news. I'll have an opportunity, I hope, uh, it'll be tomorrow at this stage, to talk to Professor Colleen because I'd like to get his thoughts on it further. But can I just go back down to West Cork because our conversations and maybe our price comparisons between here and Spain and Portugal and the Lanzarote and the Canaries um, has, uh, has touched a nerve. It certainly has with Mark Golden, the operations manager with the West Lodge Hotel down Bantry Way. Mark, good morning. Good morning, Neil. You find it a hard listen. Is it the price comparisons are a hard listen, is it? I, I, don't, I don't even think it's the price comparisons, Neil. I just think, unfortunately, like there is good value out there. It, you know, when you shop around, you can go all around the country. I think we're good value here. But everything is relative. I mean, look, I know I go if I go abroad, the prices are cheaper abroad. But so is labour. And certainly the cost of insurance is much cheaper abroad. We have local authority rates. Then there are comparisons made with Airbnb and certain sites like that. And everything is relative. If you, you're not paying, you're not paying local authority rates. When, when you operate Airbnb, you're not paying VAT rates. You know, there is, there is a whole tranche of differences. And you've, you've your wage costs. The cost of doing business in Ireland is quite high. VAT, and tax, there, excise on wine and beer and spirits and things. And, and there are so, and I can guarantee you, Neil, and as I'm speaking on the radio, and I know this from speaking to colleagues of mine in the industry, there are hotels dotted all around this country in rural Ireland that lose money sometimes up to nine months of the year. Right. And they have a short window of opportunity where you want to get 100% occupancy. And I'm not talking about fleecing people. No, you just want to get as many people in as you can. And we all cut our cloth according to our measure. I mean, we, we try to be as competitive as we can because certainly if we weren't, we wouldn't get the business in the door. And, you know, we have a team here who are on the phone. You have rates in front of you. If somebody goes, ah, you'll do something better. You play around as much as you can with your rates. I mean, I've done it certainly over the last number of weeks. You're knocking off. You're rounding things off to a whole figure. You do what you have to do. And, you know, I see that's my fear of people who book online and I've stopped using the online portals now at this stage because I'm almost happier to maybe look at them and have a look at the price, but then to ring the hotel directly. Well, if you ring a hotel directly, they'll do what they can. And we'll do anything to get business in the door. Anybody will. When you go to booking.com, we pay booking.com commissions. We pay Expedia commissions. We pay commissions to any online travel agency. So if you pay... 200 euros to booking.com the hotel isn't getting the 200 euros the hotel is getting the 200 euros less commission then the hotel is getting that that amount less VAT less cost so it's all comparable right down the line the cost of doing business is quite high unfortunately and but who's going to pay 1400 euro for a family room say in Killarney for two adults and two children for a week I it, it you know what it, it, I don't know. Is it, is it five star? What are you getting for it? I, I can't. I can't speak for another business. I mean, I, I just know we have rates. We'll, we'll cut cloth according to measure. You have special rates that you'll have on super value that you'll have on Lidl breaks. There's always, there's always an offer somewhere. And I, I'm, I'm not. I can't speak for other buildings. I can only speak for us. You know, you load your offers, 
and then you speak to people. You do what you can to get people in. You make you make it as affordable for people as you can. Yeah. Okay. Well, well you asked me. You asked me what's fourteen hundred and fifty-five euro. The Killarney Heights Hotel is one thousand four hundred and fifty-five euro. Two adults, two children, seven nights in one family room. Um, that's it's their rate. Room. It's, not, it, it's not a two-bedroom. It's a family. It's like a that. family room. It's here in front of me. It's okay. a super hotel. I'm not taken from it. But you see, somebody sees that fourteen hundred and fifty-five euro. And they can't go overseas because of all of the restrictions. They feel very let down. But well, I I say to those people, you phone those buildings and you see what those buildings can do for you. You know, a, a price online. Go talk to, ring the hotel, see what the hotel can do for you. Because hotels can, you we can we can change rates. I mean, if you're looking at Booking.com or Expedia or they all have commissions and commissions. Obviously, Booking.com has to make money. And, you know, they, they are a necessary evil in this world. They we, Every hotel in this country is at the mercy of Booking.com, Expedia. I'm not saying they're bad companies. They, they do their business. They've made their money because they're, they're, they're the most publicized company. But with, you know, all of the, with, all of the, with all of the threats now to the hotel industry, which includes overseas cheap holidays, as I've just gone through the list earlier this morning, which includes rental cottages, includes Airbnbs, Airbnbs have been a huge phenomenon. Um, we, we, we aren't seeing um, a, a price reduction from hotels, and you're saying it's just not possible. There's no, there's no, well, there's no, no margin we, to play with. We, we, I can't speak for every hotel. I know that for us, prices haven't gone up. And I know that for us, when people phone us up, we do what we can to retain business. We, we cut rates, we round them off, we do what we need to do. But we certainly haven't put up our prices. I mean, you, you, look, you look at rates that go right across the board. Every hotel is fighting for the same little piece of, of the market. And when you have, we'll say, upwards and, and around 100 staff to pay, you have, you have very little opportunity to make any money. And it, it, it's the case up and down the country, but there is value out there. You go looking for it, you will find it. I mean, it's very easy to find the expensive building. You know, the, the obvious... It's the very obvious hard to find a deal this morning, that's for sure. Well, I, what, I'm saying to you is, what, what I'm saying to you and I'm saying to the listeners is you get on the phone and you speak to the buildings and you see what they can do for you directly. Because if you go on to booking.com, there's always a commission. If you go on to Expedia, there's always a commission. There's, an exp- there's a commission on all of these sites because they're a middleman. And every time you have a middleman, you have a commission somewhere along the way. So what would it be then, say for instance, if I wanted a a family room, say sometime in back end of July or early August in the the West Lodge for a week? Um, For one entire week here in, let's say, I'm just going to find you a date. Are you busy? Are the bookings coming in? The bookings are coming in. There's a lot of there's a lot of interest at the moment, but there's you know a lot of people are are still they're trying to figure out what they want to do because inevitably like like all of us, um, like all of us. Well, the 29th of June they can go on their holiday somewhere in Cork. They can go on their holiday or Kerry anywhere in Cork. or, or, or up Kerry. the west or, or east or wherever or up, they want to go or up the west or, or where, wherever they but would the pool, like to go. Will the pool be open, for instance? You've been placed on hold. Nice on Please hold. wait. You still there, Mark? I'll come back to him if you... No, you can come back to Mark and see get what that room rate was for the week just as a price comparison. I need to keep on moving, but I do appreciate him taking the call. You can't compare like with like. Carol, good morning. 
Morning, Neil. How are you? Meanwhile, and I'm covering an awful lot of different topics this morning. Uh, great that things are opening up, but... What's the but? But. There's no toilet anywhere. Well, actually, no, I just heard you speak to somebody about Wilton, and they said the Wilton toilets are open, which is good news. Um, but there's no toilets open. Now, to be honest, I haven't been out because um, I'm kind of cocooning. But um, I did go out the other day with my husband. We went to the range and um, all prepared with my mask and everything went in. And halfway through, I just went up to a staff member and said, can I use the toilet? And they were like, no, sorry. So they said there's a little cafe open across the way. So I went out there and they said, no, sorry. Um, so there was actually nowhere in Little Island. It would be a nightmare to be allowing um, pers- punters into the toilets now at this stage. It really would. I mean, yeah. I'm amazed that Wilton but, are doing it, but they obviously have thrown a lot of staff and a lot of precautions at it. Yeah. Because I mean, if, like, you, if you went like, into you a loo... A shopping centre, you know what I mean? If, or if you were to travel to a destination shop where there's a lot of shops and you're going to spend a lot of time. I mean, with the queuing, I, I'd have no problem queuing, but most people will have to use the toilet at some stage and yeah, I just don't understand how that's going to work because like they'd have to town, you'd rely on all the cafes and the, the pubs and you'd listen to one of them not anymore no and that's all gone so I mean, what's worse? What's center. worse is where if you went to go somewhere, um, and you're just travelling around trying to get a bit of sun, whether it's a beach or to the lock yeah. or walking down Patrick Street. Cross Haven. Cross Yeah, Cross Haven. No public yeah, toilets. Like in Cro- there is down a, the marina. There, when you think is. of it, you go down the marina for a walk, and you go down the line, and all around Blackrock Castle. I mean, that can be a long walk. There's nowhere to go to the toilet. So I'm just. And what like, was there? They t- and what was there? They took away. Exactly. And the, the little cast, as I said, and bars that you would normally rely on and nip in, but that's all gone now as well. When you Even couldn't the use the loo, when you couldn't use the loo in the range, what did you do? Oh, I had to leave. I left. <laughs> Drove home. My God. Lost a customer a out of it. Disaster, like. Yeah, you know. So left, left my stuff. Off I went and tore home. I know, I know, I know. And I mean, I'm obviously not the only person, you know. Big queues going in there, was there? I heard there was anyway. No, actually there wasn't. No, there wasn't because I kind of went down and my my husband wanted to go in. He was was looking at um, your garden a bit and uh, I kind of said, I'll go go for the spin, but if there's a queue, I'm not going in. Big queue, like if it looked too busy. But it didn't, so I went off in. I'd say 10 minutes queuing. Um... And it was actually nice to have a bit of normality, you know, wander okay. around. Okay. And then well, if you need hotel. a loo, Wilton Shopping Centre's toilets are open. And I'm happy to tell you <laughs> as well that Blackpool Shopping Centre have toilets open, cleaning each hour. Go. All right? See, there you go. Yeah, I think they're going to have to do something with them. Whether they're well, managed, what we want is more public toilets. Public toilets. Exactly. Yeah, All like in Dublin, place. I think in Grafton Street, they brought in, you know, them portable they ones, did. like you Loads get a concert yeah, yeah. and they're manned. So. Yeah. You know. Ah, yeah, sure. Dublin is Dublin. I noticed again now at the weekend, they're talking to the Greens and Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael. And the big ticket item is spending millions and millions and millions on Metrolink, which is the Dublin bus service, Dart and Lewis, which is their light rail systems. There you go. Dublin again. Okay, mind yourself. Thanks for that. Text 0868104106. Back after the break. Thanks, Carol. 
The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850-104-106. Forget about shopping in Cork City, lads. Come on down to Mallow. There's currently free parking in Mallow for the next three months. Yay! We're off to Mallow. Back into Cork City, you are joking me. I walked past the side of City Hall on Tuesday afternoon last and there was eight homeless people in the bus shelter. They'd taken it over. They were all drinking. Some were very drunk. It was so sad to see who'd stand at a bus stop there in the city. Morning to all, and I just said I'd text you to give a shout-out to Lulu's Cafe, based down in the lovely Carrigaline to Crosshaven Walkway and the playground in Murphy's Farm. Their coffee's absolutely divine, and they're making sure to keep the area cleaned and disinfected. Good for them. Actually, there was a lovely coffee stall um, set up down on the beach in, uh, was it Red Barn or was it, uh, no, I think it was Longstrand, actually. No, it was the Warren, the Warren. Uh, fantastic little bespoke setup down there beautiful smells of coffee and all sorts of things coming out of it and yesterday when I was cycling back in I went out the Lee Valley and came back in the the, um, the straight road uh, but I cut in then to the park where you can walk and cycle along the back of the Kingsley and the back of the Kingsley Hotel on the Kingsley property there is another great setup which is take out coffee and it was very busy and everybody was doing their thing and standing away from each other and that was one of the exceptions where I saw people actually staying apart. So good luck there. Hi, friends. You were wondering about people coming in and out of the country. Friends of mine drove down from Dublin uh, to Scotland and back uh, via the ferry, and they never came across anyone to tell them that they had to quarantine on returning to Ireland. It was in the last two weeks that they did that journey. Nobody gave them anything, said anything, got no form. Um, and then when we talk about people attacking police officers and vice versa, Certainly in the UK, um, you know, there's an awful lot of problems there at the moment. John suggests it won't be long before our Gardaí are being attacked, like the video circulating online with the police in London. The youth have no respect or fear of the law or the justice system. We have created this way too PC world, and that includes you guys who help it in the media. The way too PC world. Actually, I don't know where you've been living, but we have had t- uh, attacks on members of the Gardaí here in Ireland, we've had them shot and killed. But even here on Leaside, uh, I've seen court reports down through the years of members of the Gardaí who have been attacked. And one more recent one, an awful one, on Oliver Plunkett Street. Um, mind you, one way of getting around this, Gary says, is that anyone caught with a blade should get a minimum of five years. Anyone caught using a blade should get a minimum of 12 years. Simple as that. Ireland's laws are too antiquated for today's society. Let the people decide with a referendum on changing or sentencing laws, uh, says Gary. So thank you for all those. I'm doing my best to plow through as many texts as I can. I want to do some shout-outs before I finish. But just on the subject, actually, of public toilets, we used to have them before they took them all away. And one very particular historic one that the photojournalist uh, Billy McGill wants to join me and tell me a little bit about briefly. Billy, good morning. Good morning. And that is now currently, well, still in situ or has been moved there to across it was moved the there and it's now opposite the Brightwell Garden Station. And it was moved from Lavitz Key, wasn't it? Yes. It was the first ladies' public toilet in Cork. And when Clondike, A.A. Healy, was standing for the local elections, the forerunner of Bernie Murphy, uh, he had a slogan, Ladies of Cork, give me your number one and I will give you a place for your number two. <laughs> <laughs> because the men, the, the men, done, yeah, the men already had a public. They, go on, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, no, no, he he did he he did his uh, electioneering promise 
finalised and the ladies' toilet, a magnificent building, <laughs> was on the kiosk of the opera house. Because before that, there was a men's toilet, which now mysteriously disappeared in the last three months on Merchant's Quay. That's correct. A friend of mine went off to respond if he could have a coffee pod in it some years ago, but he got nowhere with it. And what did they do with it, do you know? I would say dismantled it. What's the problem like with allowing people to use a public toilet even if they had to pay two euro to do so? Or even if there was a person working on the door there? Well, if there was some method of credit, if you had a, a retail outlet, that if people come in to use your toilet, that there's a click system and you get a credit against your rates. Oh, for businesses, you mean? Yeah, for businesses. I know that, but yeah. like, what, like you I'm, can't I'm just have no. Yeah. You can't have no public toilets because you can't not have public toilets because people are shooting up in them. You have to have them. Yeah, regardless. It just makes no Look, sense. They, they, shoot, they, they shot up in the, the photographs I did there of uh, the guy who shot up in the telephone booth down in Oliver Plunkett Street. Yeah, the yeah. other one was the girl who helped her friend to shoot up in her ankle uh, across from the GPO. She couldn't inject herself. She was in that condition, so her friend injected her. You've been, you're in the city all of the time. How did you find it all over the last the few months when things were quiet? <laughs> very, very, very few beggars around. Most of the heroin people vanished. Uh, I did see a lot of drinking in doorways. Um, otherwise, I got very used to the piece of it. Yeah, but Klondike yeah. got the votes, didn't he? And got elected and got the toilet he built. Did. Correct. And he fulfilled his election year promise. And you had this magnificent ladies' toilet. It's a pity to see it there because it is magnificent. Look, you, you mentioned the lock a while ago. I think there might have been a thousand people on the lock in the sunny days recently. After three or four hours, they all need, or most of them need, and particularly if they're having a few years, they need yeah. to go to the toilet. Yes, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Things disappear. Where did any idea? Somebody told me that the old bus shelter, which before that on Patrick Street was used by the the fire services way back That's at the turn of the century, where's it gone? Is it somewhere up in Fitzgerald's Park inside? In it's some in Fitzgerald's Park in the yard up there, basically just rotting away. It's an awful shame, really. That should have been, in my opinion, should have been on Patrick Street outside of the AIB Bank where the metal one is, and it wasn't to be used for bus people. Okay. Use it for tourism. Use it for selling tickets for uh, Blarney. Use it for Absolutely. For Absolutely. Just, just a tourist book. Absolutely. They should, they should do it even now and reverse whatever silly decision they came up with. Mind yourself, Billy. Take care, my friend. Actually, Billy McGill, Billy McGill there was talking about the lock. Uh, Dino Cregan tells a very funny story, actually. He, he was at a council meeting one night and they were thinking, how can we do things better in the lock? What could we put out there that would make things look uh, more fantastic for the public to use it? And some councillor piped up and uh, somebody suggested, we should put a gondola on the lock. We should put a gondola on the lock. And some other po- co- councillor who thought it was a great idea jumped up. He says, yeah, yeah, we should put a go- Actually, we should put two and they might breed. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. I know there's all sorts of sa- unsavory activity going on in the public toilets. I understand all of that. But a better system could we come up with now, even if somebody was employed on a full-time basis and people paid a euro or two to go into it. In all fairness, we need to think differently. Okay, uh, I'm going to do shout-outs in the morning, lads. We'll do a whole load of them. I'm out of time for now. I'm done to my last 60 seconds or so. You can also email and text your shout-outs for whomever you'd like to win some of our Oak Fire pizzas for. And connect with me on Instagram. You can contact me there as well on my own Instagram page. But as a 
say. 60 seconds. Seamus Whelan was in Wilton Shopping Centre earlier, uh, reporting on it now. He's uh, checking out Blackpool Shopping Centre. So about 60 seconds to tell me if you were to compare and contrast. You said it was kind of business as normal in Wilton. What's it like at Blackpool Shopping Centre? It's the it's more or less the same, Neil. It's business as usual. Um, what about buzz? Is there a good buzz there? There, there is. There's a lot of people in and around uh, this morning, and they're they're excited to be back. But there's a little bit of trepidation there. There, there's a bit of they're they're trying to get used to the the whole social distancing thing. Unlike uh, Wilton, where you actually have people uh, dedicated within the shopping centre, uh, making sure you're you're keeping your distance. That isn't the case in Blackpool. It's up to the individual um, unit holders to ensure that social distancing is uh, is to be kept uh, within their unit. Um, but what's, what I noticed in Blackpool, which was very unique, was that the seating areas are reserved for the elderly only. Lovely. Uh, which is good. And then there's a lot of signage there reminding people to keep your distance. And as you're entering the facility there's uh, there's hand sanitizing units there so you can uh, you can sanitize your hands before you go ahead shopping. Good to have them back. Good to have them back. Are all of the shops open or some saying closed like Wilton because they're too small just yet? Well, most uh, most of the uh, the units on the ground floor were were, were open. Uh, the bar, the the dry cleaners and the uh, Al's um, restaurant there, but. Pretty much most of the most of the shops are back up and operating, and um, as uh, your texture said there earlier, the toilets are in operation in Blackpool. They're restricted use and they're cleaned on the hour okay. every hour. Fair play to you, my friend. Okay, maybe if you've got some boxes, we can play them in the morning. Seamus Whelan at Blackpool. So it's been a long wait, three months now, at least three months that the shopping centres have been closed and they're open again for business. Did anybody visit a loved one in a nursing home this morning, or are you going today? I'd love to hear from you tomorrow. Uh, if you did manage to catch up with a loved one in a nursing home, it would be good to talk about those because uh, I'm quite sure there'll be emotional reunifications, if you like. Get in touch with me. Text 0868104106. We might chat tomorrow. If not, I'll read your texts out. But we're out of time for now.